Hi. Hi. Who are you? I am Almar and I'm an addict. What kind of addict? Attention addict. I love attention. Any attention. And what are we doing here? Uh, we're making a podcast. What is that about? Um, it's about the things like uh, people's stories, how they ended up where they are, ended up doing what they're doing. And uh, yeah, it was supposed to be about something else, but I ended up with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, who are those people? Um, these are my friends. Uh, uh, yeah, basically my network, but because I wanted to make a show about me, but I didn't really have anything to talk about. So I ended up looking at the network. The network was interesting. So I kind of thought, okay, I can mayb- maybe make something with this. So do you have already a name for this uh, podcast? Yeah, it's called The Bunker. How the hell did we end up here? And how is it connected to to the theme? Uh, how the hell did we end up here? So basically people's stories and how they went from A to B and then to C and with coincidences, decisions, traumas. Basically anything that moves you to the direction or the point where you are. Mm-hmm. So how often are you going to have this podcast? Uh, I, I, I'm not sure, but maybe like two, two times a month three mm-hmm. times a month so do you take yourself seriously enough do you have some sponsors yeah like every other professional podcast then of course i have sponsors i have the old bar uh, that's the the greatest thing in carlin sells amazing oatmeal and skier mm. everything is handmade um, and it's available from eight to three during the weekdays, closed on the weekends, but you can order on Walt as well. And it's a place that you really want to go. Healthy yet tasty. Mm, and good. then I have, yeah, and then I have um, a company called Alfred. It's alfred.cz. It's a place where you can find jobs. You can set up a job watch. You can get notified whenever there's a cool job coming along. And it's a great solution for anyone who is either looking for a job or wants to change jobs because you can... Find the right job without spending time looking for it. Uh, it's available in Czech, English and Slovak. And uh, yeah, check it out. Uh, Alfred.cz So yeah, those are the guys. Today we're talking to Tonya. She's a megastar, pop star in the Czech Republic. She's everywhere. She won a lot of awards. She had her own TV show. She's been in the movies. She made albums, mega concerts, been in bands, and you name it. And this is how Tonya Grave sounds. This is me singing my favorite Icelandic band. And way down we go, oh, 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 way down we go. The strange thing about the whole thing is that What led her to be here and become what she is was a series of strange coincidences that are almost unbelievable. You can judge for yourself. Enjoy. On the bunker today I have Tonya. Yes, hello, thank you. It's a very nice bunker, I must admit, and uh, I have to say I'm glad I know where it is in case I might need it. <laughs> uh, and how you, so your name is Tonya, mm-hmm. and how is your last name? Graves, uh, it's uh, like it's where dead people sleep, or and graves, and graves. Cool. <laughs> This way, you never spell it wrong. <laughs> Antonia, you're a you're an actress, you're a singer, 
Yeah. You're a mom. Are yep. you what wh what else? Um well, currently somewhat unemployed. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, yes, I'm an actor, a singer, I'm a mom. Um but you know, uh I don't necessarily when some I guess I never really think of those things as what I am. I guess I'm just me, which is kind of like a mix, a mess of a bunch of stuff. A lot of it good stuff, but there's probably some bad mix up in there too. But uh, right now, unemployed because of the, the current situation. Yeah. yeah. Because, uh, uh, but hopefully soon not unemployed. As of uh, two days ago, they lifted the ban on uh, having concerts because it was actually officially illegal to sing. Mm -hmm. So I'm a singer and my job is banned. That's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. So over the last two months, it's like, I mean, it's it's been it's been tricky because um, I've been at home with my kids, homeschooling. Uh, that is enough to put a lot of years on a parent. Yeah. Um, Brings you closer to the grave. Yes, <laughs> as if my name didn't bring me there close enough. But uh, yeah, you know, it's like. I had a new respect for teachers because hmm. when I was little, I wanted to be a teacher. That was one of like, I had a lot of things I wanted to be when I was a little girl. I wanted to be a teacher. I wanted to be a gymnast like Nadia Komenich. Um, yeah, even one time, and I do not remember this, but I have been quoted in my family as saying I wanted to be a nun. <laughs> I do not remember this, this, uh, there was no picture, so it didn't happen. So for, for those, <laughs> For those of you who are, are new to this uh, show, then uh, I have a I have an alter ego on Instagram called the Middle of Crisis Warrior, <laughs> where I, amongst other, post pictures of me with nuns. Um, uh, these are authentic pictures taken by myself of of real life nuns of flesh and and bones. Yes. And uh, actually. Yeah, Tonya, you have sent me pictures repeatedly of nuns. Because uh, because this always entertains me on your on your Instagram profile. I was like, ah, that's so funny, and I and I don't think anybody else here in Prague or even in this country will get it, uh, the or react the way that I do because I went to Catholic school for twelve years. Mm -hmm. Apparently, that's where I got this idea where I wanted to be a nun. But that was maybe early on, maybe in second grade. Yeah. So I think by the time I was being called a heretic and kicked out of religion class in 12th grade, those aspirations... Disappeared. <laughs> disappeared. Yeah. Uh, but, um, so, Tanya, you're, you're very known here in the Czech Republic. Um, and uh, I've been listening. I mean, you're known primarily as a singer. I mean, I know right. you've done some acting in films as well. Um, but uh, you're kind of your main career... Um, until lately has been to be a singer. Yes. And I've been listening to, to your music and, and it's quite um, various styles, I must say. I mean, there is a little bit of blues, uh, yeah. old school, um, there is funk, and there is even, I don't know what it's called, R&B or, or yeah. pop. That's the thing. I don't really know. People uh, in this country, people like to call me a blues singer or a jazz singer. Jazz singer, I think, is the, the favorite um uh, label hmm. that people have for me. Uh, and I think that's because I sang in jazz clubs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm not a jazz singer. I've never been a jazz singer. Um, 
I fell in love with blues when I was like 18. Mm. I was somewhere, I was going to a concert. Uh, I was on my way to a Grateful Dead concert in the States. Mm. And uh, we were, we stopped uh, in some giant record, sh record shop, like everywhere. And when I went in, they were playing Muddy Waters. Uh -huh. And I was like, what is that? I want that now. Get this to me on cassette. Yes, it was the last century. We had cassettes. <laughs> um, uh -huh. I think they're called MCs in Europe, you know, like the and I was like, that. And I and I immediately bought that that uh, the greatest hits of Muddy Waters or something like that. And that was my introduction to to or that was how I fell the day I fell in love with the blues. And ever since then, and I wanted to sing blues. Um, I mean, I always loved singers like Billie Holiday and Ella Fitzgerald, Dinah Washington. Those are like this top mm. jazz ladies. But Billie was more of a blues singer, even though her blues is maybe different than what we know as blues today. Like, great thing about music is that it's constantly evolving. Mm. Um, but I don't think I fit into one particular category. I sing what makes me feel good. Um I I remember it's uh, it's like maybe four years now um, when I think it was, yeah Iron Maiden was here and I had a friend from the states visiting with his fiance and we knew each other from university because I'm a little sister in a fraternity those don't exist anymore they've been outlawed <laughs> but it's like an auxiliary of a fraternity and uh, this guy is totally heavy metal guy and he happened to be here because another brother in the fraternity had gotten married in Poland. He heard the next week that uh, Iron Maiden would be in Prague, and he's like, we're going. And I hadn't seen this guy in 25 years, and we went and we threw our horns all night. Mm -hmm. The next week, I, my neck was like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> From like, it, and it was the best show, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, great experience. So it's like, I'll sing that too. Yeah. If I like it, I sing it. I don't. That's probably the thing about me. I don't really fit well in categories. I just yeah. That was my that was my impression actually. After kind of taking a tour over YouTube and looking at different yeah. videos, I was like, okay, you can't really pinpoint this at one place, you know. I you can't. And then uh, at one time I thought that's a bad thing, but uh, I'm starting to come to terms with it. That no, it's not a bad thing. It's just who I am. And. Um, if I'm not able to put myself into words and particularly explain myself in some beautiful, nice, with a ribbon on the box <laughs> mm. kind of thing, well, that's just because I'm not a nice ribbon in the box kind of person. No. I, I am me. I mean, even when I made my first solo album, it's called I'm the Only Me. Yep. And the Czechs tried to translate it into I am as I am. I am like I am. No, I'm not Popeye. I am that I am, and it's all that I am. No, I <laughs> am the only me. And that's uh, a fact for everybody in the mm. world, actually. Mm. We are all the only me. Just who we are, and hopefully doing our best to get by and survive in this craziness that we call the world. If I get to, like, um, your spacey, spiritual universe for you, let me know. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll mute you. <laughs> just mute me, you know. Yeah. Um, I did, I, but but the, you, you, we we met in a bar and yes. uh, we were we were having a drink together quite a while ago. I, I don't know, like a Do year and a two, half, yeah, two years, ago, three years, yeah. yeah. And um, and since then we kind of kept this uh, non-photo 
<laughs> connection. Yes. yes. Um, uh, but uh, everybody knows you here. Uh, it was interesting because before you came here today, then uh, I was kind of asking around. You know, I I know some of the other expats here. I mean, yeah, yeah, right. just yeah. You're from the U.S. Just, yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, from the U.S. So and I'm again expat yeah. like yourself. And uh, I knew I knew I knew a lot of uh, I know a lot of people here, and I was asking them, and everybody knew you. Um, uh, my colleagues know you, uh, old, young, Czechs, Slovaks, everybody knows you. Uh, so, I mean, I guess in in my world, you're the closest thing to a superstar that I know <laughs> here. But are you are you a superstar? Um, you know, it's true. Everybody knows me in some way, shape or form. Um, I don't know if that makes me a superstar. I suppose... Um, a superstar what does it mean to be a superstar does it mean that's like you know rich big house beverly hills if that's it yeah no i'm i'm still poor um <laughs> i still have to pay bills and work like everybody else um i'm super friendly um okay i'm you're super not, you're energetic not, yeah, you're not the superstar then. <laughs> then yeah probably not a superstar but um, but there but but that's the thing. Um, but people recognize you. People on the recognize me on the street. People recognize me everywhere, and because I live in a country where it's not easy to not not be recognized. Yeah. I am a black woman in a country where I'd say one in every twenty persons here is yeah. a person of color. Yeah. Um, I don't feel um, I don't feel racism or anything like that. But you stand out. I stand out. So yeah. that the and and the thing is, even at my hundred and fifty-two centimeters, I think my entire life I have somehow always stood out. Like there's some giant or uh, s- something inside of me trying to get out of this small body. <laughs> within <laughs> within you lives a giant. Yeah, you know, there's some there's something in in there, and it can mm. be a culmination of all of my past lives of everyone who I was and. Or, or or who I still have to be, I don't know. But um, but d- does d- how how do how do Czech people deal with uh, someone famous like this? I mean, because you know, <laughs> is it like do they do they talk to you? Do they ask you something, or, um, or do they have an opinion? Oh well, they they definitely talk. They definitely s- interact. Um, not always the way I would like. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, if I'm in the toilet, I really really. I'm just not in the mood to take a selfie with you. Mm. You know, I want to like pee, come out, wash my hands, do my thing. I don't need to be having a selfie with you in the toilet. But sadly, I think there's got to be hundreds of selfies with me in this world of me with somebody in a toilet <laughs> because people have no boundaries. Yeah. And um, Because I guess this is mostly when people are drunk anyway, right? Uh, so the well, boundaries are gone. Well, the boundaries are gone. But even, even oh, okay, okay, this woman... She might have been drunk. I don't know. I didn't know her. I was in the bank. I was at the window, the bank window with a teller and everything. And I'm trying to pay some money into the bank. And the woman next to me, an older woman. Mm. And this is why it really shocked me. Because this woman was, you know, she could have been my, my the age of my mother, my, my children's grandparents, you know. And I'm at the bank window. And she looks over at me. I don't know. I turned my head for something because you have that feeling when somebody's like staring at you. 
And she looks at me, I look at her, and I just smile, and I go on along my business. She runs from the next window, literally. She jumped on me, grabbed me, and started shaking. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, I love you, can I have an autograph? And I'm like, <clears throat> okay, so the bank teller is also thinks this is kind of strange. I think this is like really annoying. I don't think this is strange because I think this is Tuesday. Um, <laughs> you yeah, know, it's yeah. just paying the bills. <laughs> paying the bills. And this kind of crap happens all the time. And I know she didn't mean it in a bad way. And I know people never mean it in a bad way when they come to me. But okay, I also get starstruck. Mm. I mean, I. Um, uh, when I turned 50 last year, friends did this beautiful gift for me because uh, it's like uh, I'm going to be 51 in a month. I don't have, wh what am I going to do with a material gift? I want something I can remember because then I can mm. never lose it and not have to worry if I throw this card out is somebody's feelings going to get hurt or something. They arranged for me to meet um, uh, Antonin Panenka, mm. who is for me the greatest Czech football player of all time mm -hmm. with this very famous goal that's actually called the Panenka. He just turned 70 the day before I turned 50 yeah. last year. Oh. So this was my dream. Okay, his name is Antonin. I'm Tonya. So we're two, Ton we're two Tonys. Our birthdays are one day. The but that's just like uh, in the in November, right? Now in, in no in December. So in a month. It's in, it's in a month. So uh -huh. uh, December sixteenth is the birthday of uh, Antonin Panenka, and December seventeenth is my birthday. Uh -huh. So they did this, and I was you know in shock. I mean, it wasn't even a case of me seeing someone and running to them. He was brought there for me, uh -huh. and I still I, oh 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 uh, you, uh, uh, you are Antonin Panenka. We're both. Tony, we have the name days next to each other, um, um, the birthdays next to each other, and 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 oh, uh, I I I, cu I couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't. You were starstruck. I was starstruck, you know. But if I had seen him across the room, I wouldn't go there. No, 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 because but I think that's because of the business that I'm in. Yeah. And these people don't mean it badly. It's they see someone uh, that they know from television or the movie screen or a uh, radio or on stage. And for them, it's just unbelievable that these people, that we do things like go to the toilet, go grocery shopping, take our children to school. Uh. And uh, the only thing, and I'm very, very happily divorced, um, the only thing I miss about being married was that I had a different name. Uh -huh. So that I could legitimately say when people, oh, are you Tonya Graves? No, because <laughs> I wasn't. <laughs> it was my Batman Bruce Wayne moment. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> oh, that's cool. And then I could get out of in these situations where I was like trying to do something with my children or spend time with my friends. I could actually continue doing that. Yeah. Now I can't because I don't like to lie. That's the problem. I, you know, maybe this is the why I'm not a true superstar. Yeah, it's the Catholic school. The Catholic school, yeah. Oh, the Catholic school. No, no, no that, that I'm just a heretic, but I'm proud of that too, you know. Yeah, I guess it's um, yeah. When you're a superstar, it can be difficult to pay your bills on on, on Tuesdays. <laughs> yes, it uh, can. You pay them on the internet bank. Yeah, that's what I. Yeah, I'm. I'm so not technical. No. I'm a little bit old school in that way. Um, you know, but I'm getting better. I'm learning. I'm learning. I'm catching up in this new wave. This new wave. This new yeah. century. We're already twenty years in. <laughs> uh, but okay, so. Here we are in Prague, 2020, you're a superstar, um, everybody knows you, but it hasn't been like this 
always. I mean, it started no. somewhere. So where did it start? No, okay, so I'm from the United States. I'm from New York, which uh, is a state, mm. which I have to say, because uh, other than Washington state, we have to say state, or everyone thinks we are either from Washington, D.C., or New York City. Mm. New York is a gorgeous state. Manhattan, New York City, and all those other boroughs, it's just a little teeny tiny part of it. Mm. But most of the people live there. But I'm from the part where there are less people and there's beautiful nature. And yeah, it's just nice. Mm. <laughs> um, I grew up there, um, oldest big, of big, five. Big, yeah, big family. Oldest of five. I have two brothers and two sisters. Uh, and because of it, I was always like, I'm never having kids. Done it. Been there, done that. My mom days are over, you know. And I, I even, uh, I remember... When I was younger, like I think from the time I was 12, I was counting down the years. I knew that at 17, you could leave. I could leave. <laughs> 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 and uh, I already, I even already had my school picked out, you know, because I grew up in a town called Poughkeepsie. I was born in a place called Peekskill, where most of my mother's family lived. And when she married my dad, which is also kind of funny how they met, my mom met my dad because she was visiting her aunt. Uh, in New York City, my grandmother's sister, who had married my other grandmother's brother. Mm. Um, and uh, they met this way. So I would have the same family, even if I had a different mother or a <laughs> different father, <laughs> which is kind of funny. But anyway, my father grew up in the Bronx, and he did not want his... He wanted his children to grow up with children. Yeah. So my father was really nice, married my mom, knocked her up a few times, left us with the trees, and disappeared. Uh -huh. um, <laughs> How old were you when he left? Oh, the first time, I think six. My father was kind of like, my mom was always like, you know, taking him back. I guess it was kind of like, you know, he's gone and he's come back from the raids. So, well. Uh -huh. <laughs> and, 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 and what kind of America is this? I mean, what kind of... Uh, uh, well, where I grew up in Poughkeepsie, it's a city. Mm. Uh, it's not a huge city. Um, in terms of like what are uh, what American cities, there's probably like a population of 500,000. So it's a, it's a smaller city, um, but the nature there is gorgeous. We have the Hudson River, the mm -hmm. mighty Hudson. Unlike here, we have the beautiful Vltava, but you walk across it in five minutes. Mm -hmm. The mighty Hudson, you drive across mm -hmm. in 10. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Everything bigger in the States. Everything's bigger in America. <laughs> Um, and it's, uh, it's kind of like a highlandy kind of area mm -hmm. uh, in this mid-Hudson Valley. Beautiful in the autumn. Apples everywhere. That's why we're the big apple, because also like Washington, that's weird. We're the two apple states. Mm -hmm. Best apples you ever want to have, New York. Mm. Um, but uh, I grew up in an apartment building, not very rich. My family was quite poor. As I said, my father was coming and going all the time. Uh, and... Um, I had to basically take care of my, my younger brothers and sisters because my mom, first she went back to university. She's a nurse, is what she studied to do, but then she went back to university to study. Then she got a job being a, a welder, working for General Motors. So yeah. she was working in the evenings, and I was like taking care of my younger brothers and sisters, get everyone to school. Uh, she would have everything prepared. By the time we got home, then she would leave to go two hours away so that she could work in this uh, factory on the assembly line making cars for General Motors. Um, we didn't actually have our own car, but she was making cars. Uh -huh. um, 
and it was it was tough. I I didn't enjoy it because I felt like I didn't get to have a childhood because I had to s- be responsible be responsible for four other children. Yeah, and uh, which is why I didn't want to have children. Which is probably why I'm s- going to be 51 in less than a month, but I'm uh, probably still not an adult. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's uh, actually that what you say, and being not not being, it's a uh, it's a syndrome, you know. It's um, yeah. It's, uh, when you are t- thrusted with a lot of responsibility as a kid, you t- you just don't want it as a grown up. You yeah, know? you don't want it as a grown up, you know. And uh, the thing is, I I even think back, you know, I look back, it's like, damn, I was way more responsible. <laughs> I back was then. so much more responsible. I'm 50. I'm like, yeah, woohoo, let's stay out all night, you know. Well, now you can't because of the bands and everything. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> at least let's stay up all night and watch TV, you know, eat ice cream for breakfast. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but, but this, uh, so this, uh, I mean, like, uh, it's it's re- interesting that your mom studied to become a nurse, to become a welter. I, I mean, yeah. was that, f- money was better? or, or what Well, was yeah, that? the money was better. She got this job. It was a union job, and a union job is a good thing. Mm-hmm because the union takes care of its own. Um, I know there's a lot of people um, who are like, the union, no, it's just another step to communism. Well, one, it's not communism. There are some socialistic things there, but I don't think there's anything wrong with socialism, as long as it's not a dictatorship and totalitarianism. I mean, I suppose it works okay in Sweden, but they're they're neutral, and I'm a little bit sketchy on neutrality. Mm. Um, <laughs> and I'm more of a uh, as far as the the northern countries. My per- my particular favorite is Norway. I know you're from Iceland, mm. but they're, they're they're second. They're second best. Yeah, Norway is like <laughs> a Monte production of Iceland. It's I, I'm, they're okay. They're okay. Yeah, yeah. it's it's like you know I I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay with I'm okay with Iceland. The, the the I like Norwegians the best, but Iceland is good, and then the Danes, and then the Swedish, but only. Because they had ABBA. Yeah. <laughs> and quite a lot of other bands, though. Well, yeah, I know. Okay, okay, okay. But, I mean, ABBA, ABBA is really the crowning yeah. glory of, of Sweden. We know this. So you're, you're there, um, responsible for your, your siblings. Uh, mom is away a lot. Dad yeah. comes and goes. Are you, are you in touch with him today? Or? Uh, today, I'm in touch with him. But that happened after I spent m- most of my childhood making my siblings hate him. I'm like, you know... What my mainly my my brother, uh, my youngest brother has a different father, so he had a little bit of a different situation. Um, I think probably better taken care of by his father as well. My father was uh, my father was a Baptist minister at one point. It's funny, both of my parents at the end before they went to to retirement were nurses. My mother went back to nursing after a while. Mm. Um, after we had gotten older, because she was doing this welding job to make money to support the family and also put me through Catholic school, which I didn't want, but I thank her for now because mm. it was definitely a much better education for me. Um, but um, I'm in touch with my father now. When I turned 28, I was already living here in Prague, and I wrote him a letter, and I said, you know what? I'm 28, and uh, I don't want to waste my energy and my life being angry and hating someone. Mm. I don't think you were a good parent ever. I don't think you should have been a parent. That happens to people sometimes. But I will not uh, I would like to have a relationship with you if you're interested perhaps as a friend. He jumped on it. We started to write and we became friends and through that it even This is before emails or or 
Okay, this was 98. This emails, emails were still like, you know, I, I was still trying to get them on email. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so it was actually old school written letter in the post. Wow. Um, and he sent me a letter back. And uh, he said yes. And through this, actually, it started to open up uh, a way for him to even get back into the lives of my siblings. Uh-huh. I mean, they they realized that he's a jerk, and I explained to them like, why? How could you be friends with him? Like, well, I called him on all of his jerkery and mm. all of his assholeness, <laughs> mm. and he admitted like, yeah, you are absolutely right. So I will take what I can get, mm. and and it did become a good relationship. Uh, he's uh, going into dementia now, so mm. it's a little bit harder. But my mom is still alive. Both parents still alive. Um, and it's funny because I'm the oldest of five. I have two sons. Mm. I conceded I wanted to have a kid. And I wanted one little girl. Mm. I got two giant sons. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but my sisters, I have two sisters, each have five children. I'm like, why? Did you not learn? <laughs> did you? Did you? <laughs> they didn't go to Catholic school. <laughs> well, well that, actually, that's Catholic. Yeah, that's the thing. Oh, yeah. Oh. oh, you can't use any protection. I know, but we're not Catholic. No, no, I'm just I'm a child of the universe. Um, I don't know. Uh, I believe in the universe. I believe in all the gods, old and new. Um, but you went to Catholic. School. I went to Catholic school. The others got out after eighth grade. I had to go for 12 years. Mm. Um, but how, how how is because you know I, I I you know I've heard people when I when I post those non selfies <laughs> I occasionally <laughs> occasionally get this uh, feedback oh you don't know what I went through I went to Catholic and some people even told me I don't yeah. find this funny because I was in Catholic school <laughs> and it was horrible. Well, the thing is, is the, uh, like everything, it's changed throughout the, the the decades and things like that. But it was like seriously hardcore. By the time I got mm. into Catholic school, it was a little bit better. Mm. Uh, nuns were not allowed to beat you with rulers and things like that anymore. I'm from that first wave of uh, kids. Like in the, uh, I'm from I'm I'm from Vatican II. Mm-hmm. Vatican II happened, well, no, actually, I'm a, yeah, yeah, Vatican II, that was 1976. So by the time I was in first grade, you couldn't beat, nun, nuns couldn't really beat kids anymore. They didn't have to wear the dresses all the way down to their feet. You could actually have it just below your knees. I remember kids freaking out, coming home like, oh, my God, the nuns have feet, you know, because, <laughs> we, because you never saw that before, right? So nuns, nuns could, and they could also... They didn't have to wear the habit. They could wear like lay clothes so that they could function in society a little bit better if they wanted. Um, but I do know that um, there was one particular uh, nun who was in the library. I'm a very big reader. I love to read. I've always, always loved to read. I've been reading since I was four years old. Um, and Sister Angeline was a library nun, and she was an amazing person she just shined like light shining out of her she was good she wasn't mean like all the other nuns and also it was always a treat for me yay i can go to the library mm. so maybe this was the one that made me think i wanted to be a nun for about two seconds but uh it wasn't as bad for me i mean they were harsh in other ways i was uh at the end of it all i got kicked out of class for being a heretic because christ apparently found it his church on Peter and not me. Um, <laughs> I made the mistake. And this is, this is, I mean, you can't make this stuff up. We had a true or false test in, 
in 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 religion. I'm in last year of of, of high school, and um, the question I got everything right. The only thing I didn't get right was the only per the only the Catholic Church, and this means Roman Catholic. All you other Catholics, you are you lesser Catholics. No, not you. Only the Roman Catholic Church can interpret the Bible. So I'm like, false. I read it. You read it. Everybody here, we all read it. We've all got our own interpretation, right? Mm. But, okay, the church says we got to do that. Yeah, I'll follow the rules, but God gave me a brain. You're not going to tell me that I can't interpret it. And that was the mistake. I said, God gave me a brain. Mm. I said, everybody interprets it different. We just follow the rules. And then I became a heretic. But that might have been my first touch of stardom because I was envied by all. The teacher was insane. Yeah. And, and no one wanted to be in her class. So being kicked out made me, made me kind of the star of my year. Yeah. But then is that already there that you get into? Like, mm. uh, because I, I know you studied acting in university. Did right. you get it on music and that stuff? Was that started already back then, or or? Well, I I think I always wanted to be. Um, I think I always wanted to be an actor, even mm. like as a small kid. Like even all the other things that I wanted to be, the acting, because I think I was a uh, I was um, I had a fear of death, like uh-huh. a, a really big fear of death, and I thought, if I'm famous, I don't die You're because every time someone remembers me, I'm still alive in some way mm-hmm. i don't know if that's true maybe but um so i think from a young age i wanted to be i thought okay so i'll be an actor i never had any ambitions of being a singer i had a, i had an aunt uh, who actually died of corona this year mm. she had the most amazing voice i ever heard in my life mm. and when i was small because my birthday is at the end of the year uh, my parents sent me to go live with my grandmother and my aunts so that I could start school and not wait an extra year because there was some cutoff point. And uh, she sang all the time. Mm-hmm. She never sang the right words. It always got on my nerves. I mean, it just drove me insane. And I think even at times she would do it to drive me <laughs> insane. Yeah. But she probably is the reason why I sing. Uh-huh. She inspired me because I always sang with her. But I never imagine I'd be a singer she sang so well she had a chance to become famous but she had such bad stage fright her big break came she got on the stage and she froze no and she's like not nah, not for me I'll just sing at home while I'm cooking and doing everything else That's and crazy. she was happy with it um, but the, uh, b- b- that, uh, but was there a lot of art in the family or, or no that's the, that's the other thing there was not that none of that in the family uh-huh. I mean we were just Poor people just doing our job. You know, we had construction workers, nurses. Uh, my grandmother did, uh, she ran a daycare center. So w- somehow my fa- family was always in the business of like, sort of like helping other mm. people. Mm. Um, but when I went to university, I decided I'm going to study acting. So that the acting bug was there. I, I was even in the drama club in in school uh, did some plays while I was in high school. Um, and I went, I got into, I got into the school. I was really excited about it. And then I realized I can't stand actors. (laughs) 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 I'm like, Oh no, because they never turn off. Uh Um, I think there's a difference 
and not, I think this does, and this is not all actors, but I think that there's a definitely a difference between screen actors and stage actors. Yeah. Stage actors are always yeah, acting, yeah, yeah. we're always singing and playing, and blah blah. It's like sometimes you got to take Chill. it down. And I'm super mega giga hyperactive, and if it was too much for me, that was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I changed from just drama to musical theater. Mm. So I thought, okay, yeah, then I can do the singing thing. And from that, um, I did the, f I only did two musicals in the end. I did Hair. In the US. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did Hair and I did uh, Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah. But because of that. Two classics. To people heard that I could sing. Yeah. And so then I started, uh, like, I was, remember I was at a party. I was like, maybe 18, 19 at a party and i had uh, i had tried for the very first time Ooh. beware listeners i tried for the very first time ecstasy my friends are like you should try this drug ecstasy mm. it's it's a, i went to a school in a hippie village um i even moved there after i finished school we smoke grass sometimes somebody will have like a trip you know uh i even did that i was even oh we'll get to that but um so they're like, you should try this ecstasy. You will love everything. What? No. You see your shoe? It's just a shoe now, but wait until. You will love it. So I'm at a party, and people already know that I sing a little bit, and there's a band jamming, and they start playing Janis Joplin, who is like my all-time favorite. So they're like, come on, join in and sing. So they start playing. I'm like, okay, so I'm singing, and all of a sudden, it the drug kick, kicks in. Yeah. Okay, I've never done this in my life. I have no idea what's going to happen. And the drug kicks in, and all of a sudden, it's like, wow, I really love this song I'm singing. Those aren't the lyrics. Oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> wow, the colors are just even more. Oh, wow, my face feels so nice. <laughs> you know, this part, sorry. So this was, <laughs> this was my first experience with this drug, you know. Um, but I was always very weary or leery of it because they're like, oh, it takes your spinal fluid, you know, and I'm really uh -huh. small, so I didn't want to get any smaller, so I was always <laughs> very, like, very careful about that. But um, I was also in this time uh, in university. This was after I'd been in a, in a, in a fraternity, um, uh, maybe even before. I was a, I was, I was selling, I wasn't selling, I was the middleman or the bag man so in effect maybe i was a drug dealer i don't oh, know that's really cool <laughs> i don't know i have a gangster here you know? <laughs> i don't know i was so gangster and i didn't even know it little hippie girl wearing my moccasins and my tie-dye shirt and indian print skirts and uh, <laughs> a friend of mine was like uh, i like i had friends who wanted and i had friends who had it so i just like you know me nokia connecting people <laughs> logistic your logistic partner of a drug dealer. I, yeah. At least. So, and, and only years, many, many years, like 20 years later, did I really, oh my God, was I a drug dealer? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I was, but I'm not anymore. So, uh, obviously, I'm not going to run for American president, but no. I don't know. <laughs> but this, this, uh so, so you're you're basically there. Um, I'm singing at the party. The, yeah. the thing kicks and you, in. And you and you and you, but but that set you on a path, or it did. And also, 
what really set me on a path was uh, when I was when I pledged this fraternity. Mm-hmm. Um, you have you like everything that you have to do when you're going through pledging, and we would have a meeting every week, uh, like to see if you've done everything you're supposed to have done, and. Each week you are assigned a song. And the people are already, the sisters already in there in the little, in the auxiliary of the little sisterhood. Basically, this is their fun, their television at the end of the week. You come with your other pledges, make sure you've got everything done that you're supposed to have ready. And they sit and they have wine or beer or whatever while you're there, like trying not to make a fool, too much of a fool of yourself. Mm. Well, they always like assigned a song and you had to learn it. And they knew that no, everyone would sing it bad. And they're like, this was the fun, you know. Mm. I came. They forgot what song they assigned me, which was good because I didn't remember. <laughs> and um, they're like, sing. What did we assign you? No, actually, they didn't assign me. And I'm like, you didn't assign me a song, sisters. Sing, pledge. But you didn't sing anything. So I go back to my old standby uh-huh. <laughs> from the party. And... Um, I start to sing me and Bobby McGee. Uh-huh. And silence. Uh-huh. They just listened. And you and like we're blindfolded. So we don't know everyone who's in that room. I mean, we do. We we have an idea, but we don't know really everyone who's there. And after that, I was a legend. They're like, I we, we had to do things like we have to go visit brothers and sisters every day, see if they need help, like bring them their lunch or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you're that singing pledge, aren't you? What do you mean? And every day, in the spirit of fraternities, there was a keg somewhere at one of the different frat houses, the places where the brothers or sisters lived. And we had to go there every day, sing pledge, sing. And I listened to that for a month every day. Uh-huh. Sing pledge, sing. And I had to sing. And I was so afraid. And I inherited the stage fright from my auntie, yeah. But <laughs> and, and apparently her voice. But I was like, ah, oh, and I was so afraid. But because I had to, mm. I did it. Mm-hmm. And till this day, every time I go on stage, I, I do have that stage fright. But it changes to adrenaline, so it's a different kind of energy that I use yeah. to make the concert better. So luckily, thanks to that fraternity, thank you, Pi Alpha Nu, if you're listening to this podcast somewhere. I do. No, no one listens to this. Okay, well, I'll tell them to listen. Yeah. Thank you. And I, I even thank them when I made my first solo album. I'm like, for every single time, I heard sing pledge and I wanted to cry because I didn't want to sing anymore. <laughs> thank you, because now uh, now I do it. But was it like a revelation to yourself? I mean, were you were you pushing outside boundaries that, that like when you when you started hearing yourself sing and you realized you could do it? Um, then it was Or you always knew that you could. No, no, no. I mean, I've uh, I I was so hard for me because I don't like to listen to my voice. Now I'm used to it. Mm. It took like, I don't know, probably 45 years of my life, but I couldn't listen to a recording of my voice talking or singing. I'm like, who is that? I didn't recognize it, and I didn't, it wasn't the voice that I imagined was in this 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 body that I have. So um, that people like to listen to me sing was always, it's still, it's, uh, it's still kind of a surprise. Um, mm. I mean, it's not a surprise anymore. I know people enjoy it. But um, I didn't understand to what levels or to, to the depth of which people enjoyed it. Like, mm. wow, I, I've, I've, can, can they hear or, or do they hear what I hear? Um, I've, there, there wasn't that self-confidence in it. Mm. And I'm still working on that today even. Mm. 
but I guess that is also the kind of what, uh, like the, this, you're always striving to to, to improve. improve somehow. Yeah, always. And that's the motivation. You and know? that's the motivation. And the thing is, even before I came here in the states, that was never ever. I was never trying to be a star. I was never trying to be famous. Once I finally got into it and I was doing it, it was just fun mm. because I liked it. It was my hobby. Mm. I was My hobby was singing in CBGBs, which, by the way, is the most disgusting place. I mean, it w I remember the first time I heard I was going to sing in CBGBs. I was like, yeah! But, I mean, that's where Guns N' Roses played. and, and No, like yeah, everybody, everybody played, played there. So you can yeah. imagine. I was like, oh, I'm playing CBGBs? Yeah, this is cool. But th that was the thing. It was like I was working in a shelter for runaway and homeless teenagers during the day, like three, like two, three days a week. They're 24 hours nonstop doing that. And then, like, I have the rest of the week. I can go and rehearse with a band. Uh, and I, I had started to sing just before I left uh, the States. I was singing a band called Marmalade. Mm. And uh, uh, that's the band that I played a few times with in CBGBs and a few other places in New York City. And and that that was a big step for me. Mm -hmm. That was like, wow, this is kind of real what I do. You know, it's like, but still it was always my hobby. Yeah. I wanted to continue in this work, helping these runaway and homeless youth. Um, when that got to be too much, because it did, because it's a job that I loved, but it was physically taking, uh, like having a bad effect on me. Mm. I ended up with an ulcer mm. because there are, it, I worked for an agency, a non-government agency that uh, you have your rules on what you can do and what you can't do. And it was really, working with these kids, it was really close for me because how I said before, I felt like I didn't have a childhood because I always had to take care of everybody else. And these kids, I felt some sort of kinship with them because, th I mean, they didn't all have the same story as me. I mean, I was pretty darn lucky. I, mean, I was dealing with kids who were being sexually abused by mm. foster parents or physically abused or just bad relationship in the family or pr just nowhere to go. But I felt that I understood what it felt like to be a misunderstood teen, and I wanted to help these kids. Mm. I was only 22 at the time, so mm. it wasn't like, it, it was like, I wasn't there so long, it wasn't so long ago that I was in a similar place, but whenever we did something, like whenever, whenever we did something to help those kids, it was the best feeling in the world. Uh, but sometimes we couldn't, and that, and that, feeling of powerlessness and hate that you, feeling you on the inside yeah. yeah and that feeling of it's not fair and 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 that uh and that feeling of like i'm so not a like i'm so insignificant that i can't do something to make something better make this situation better for this kid who really there's no reason at all should be in this situation mm. and so then i left and i went to a, a new age bookstore that was so much better <laughs> <laughs> That's probably better. To, that heals the ulcer. That that he healed the ulcer, yeah. just all day. You know, incense sage. burning, yeah, yeah, sage, yeah. selling the Celestine prophecy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but you you so basically you are in in you 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 graduate from. from no, oh, I you didn't graduate. No, I became a college dropout because I couldn't afford anymore to go uh -huh. to school, and I needed to have a part time job. But the only job I could find was full time. Uh huh. So I took the full-time job, 
uh, I didn't graduate, but um, then I got into that work where I was working in this uh, human services. Like this, I had a, I was on the crisis intervention hotline. Then I went to the the part of the same agency, the organization. It's called Family. Mm. Uh, the, uh, then I went to. I worked in their crisis intervention hotline. I worked in their walk-in center where we did food packages and clothes for people without money, things like that. And through that, I got into the the shelter for the runaway and homeless fuck, youth. Fuck being a nun. You sound more like Mother Teresa. <laughs> I don't know. I just, it's just because I felt good when I was helping somebody else. Yeah. And I think that there's, there's something in that in the music as well. Because when I go on stage, I don't like it to be just a concert. I want it to be a shared experience for everyone. Mm. So everybody in the audience is just as important as the people on the stage. So I will call you out and talk to you or make a joke about you or have a conversation. Um, no, it's not off limits. Mm. Off limits is you jumping on the stage trying to kiss me. That's off limits. Okay. Um, <laughs> but if you ask nicely, I might let you kiss my hand. Um, but, you know, it, this is all I was doing. And then the music was always still a hobby on the side. Yeah. And I came to the Czech Republic. But that's like some, just as a tourist, right? Just as a tourist. Um, I had this lovely little accident where... Um, I walked into a full plate glass door and five people behind me walked into me because we all thought it was an open door. And I lost uh, one of the teeth uh, right in the, one of my, I don't know what number it is here in America. I think it's a one and check, it's an eight. Whatever, one of my front two teeth, mm. gone. I'm mm. 22 years old, no tooth in the front of my mouth. Mm. So I was like, no, 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 no. So in typical American style, when something like this, when an accident like this happens to you in a restaurant or a bar or any place, you sue. Yeah. You sue and you win because it's their fault. So this happens here. This happens still in the States. Still in the States. And in the States, I, we figure out what's going on and they're like, okay, hold on. Because they know I can sue. And someone's already told me, sue. And I'm like, I don't want to sue. That's not me. That's not who I am. I don't have insurance. I don't have a tooth. If they pay for me to fix this tooth, we are all good. <laughs> Except they started to pay and they stopped before I had a tooth. At which point I found a lawyer who drove a Mercedes 450 SL Cabriolet. So I figured he knew what he was doing. Uh <laughs> <laughs> He's won a few cases. Um, and then uh, we talked, and he's like, that's really funny. I've already sued and won. It's a shame you didn't come here immediately because mm. uh, what we're going to do is sue for a million dollars. I'm like, what? The tooth doesn't cost that much. tooth costs 1500 <laughs> He's like, yeah, but if you came here before you went to the dentist, we would have sued for a million and won. Now we're going to sue for a million. They've already lost uh, a, v a very, very similar case. Same, you know, same things, uh, because there's a law in New York State. If there's a full plate glass window yeah, or door, have you have to have a sticker or something. Yeah. So basically what happened to me doesn't happen. But it's usually at eye height. Right. But I, I know you're saying I'm small, but they had a bar there, <laughs> okay, and the bar right, was okay. broken. Okay. And the exit sign over, an, there must be lit exit signs. Mm. The exit sign was broken. The bar was gone and the door was closed. So they have three counts of I should have had a million dollars. But the guy knew they were not going to do it. He knew that they would settle out of court. So we sued for a million. They settled for 35. 
the lawyer got 10. No, the lawyer got five. No, he did not. The lawyer got 10%. Mm. <gasps> Pardon. So that means he got what? Like 3,500. And the rest was mine. Whoa. Fixed my tooth. Came to Europe. <laughs> and, and you, that's the most. That's the that's the most influential tooth ever. <laughs> ever ever. This little tooth right here. Um, and uh, yeah, so I came to Europe, and I was like, yeah, this is great. I'm gonna go to Paris. I'm because I had hopes of being jo Josephine Baker. I had hopes of getting out of America a long time ago. Uh -huh. But I was always there, always there. But this trip was as a tourist. This I mean, trip like, was yeah, as yeah, a tourist. Yeah, yeah. And not I, like a location scouting for no, future no, just, life. No, no, just tourists. But I, I came, looked in the, the guidebook. They're like, oh, yeah, you can see some great jazz in this club. Because mm -hmm. I like jazz. I just didn't think I was myself as a jazz singer. First night, we go to a club. The club is closed down because it's in Obietsny Doom, which closed the day before I got here for reconstruction. This is after Paris. You go to Paris and then here. I, uh, no, I got here before first. Paris. Uh -huh. I flew okay. into Prague. I was in Prague for a week, but my very first day in Europe... So we look for, again, we find a different club. Mm. We find this jazz club, Agarta. We go there. Band's playing. It's really the Lubos Anders acoustic set. Mm. What I don't know at this time is that um, Lubos Anders is like the greatest blues guitarist of the Czech Republic. This is 1995. Yeah. And I have no idea. This is February 15th, 1995. Mm -hmm. Sorry, 16th, no, 15th. I flew on the 14th. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I come, and on a break, I say, wow, you guys are really good, because that's what we do in America. Mm. Yeah, somebody's good, yeah, tell them. Well, actually, maybe, I don't know, maybe that's not what we do in America, but that's what black people do in, in old jazz clubs and blues clubs in America. <laughs> so I went and I said, wow, you guys are great. And the guy's like, oh, thank you. Where are you from? I'm like... New York, because it's my first day out of America. I have no idea. You have to say New York State. Mm. I have no idea that people don't know this. So I go sit down. The guy comes over to my table, and he's like, so, uh, New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, do you sing? Okay, that's a very strange question. Mm. But I am black. I am American. And I'm too small to play basketball. <laughs> so what else can I obviously do in the eyes of this Czech musician? I'm like, yeah, strange question, but yes, I do. Oh, well, great. Uh, would you like to sing with us? I'm, uh, I'm actually, I'm, a, I, I'm into the blues. I like jazz, but I'm a blues lady. But this is the greatest blues guitarist in the country. Hmm. Um, so he, I'm like, ah. he goes, comes back. I talk to the band leader, and he says, you will sing three songs with us. Not, would you like? Uh, can you? Do you have time? No, you will. That, that's his exact words. And I'm like, um, okay. But no worries, the greatest blues guitar. So he chose three songs. We sang uh, Stormy Monday, Red House, and then because it was a jazz club, we played Autumn Leaves. That was my one jazz song. <laughs> mm. And then when I left, they said, you will come tomorrow and sing again. <laughs> <laughs> Not would you like, hey, you don't have plans? So I came back. And the third night I said, hey, we are going to that blues club because I want to hear some music and I want people to leave me alone. I came on vacation. What is this? This is crazy. I could, Wow, these Czech people are so strange. Third night, third club. We go to Viola or second club. We go to Viola. And as I walk in, this guy's like, hey, what you going to sing with us? This is my third day in Europe, my third day in the Czech Republic. 
I'm like, I'm sorry, you, you have me confused with someone else. No, 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 I know all about you. No, see, I'm here only three days. You, no, 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 I know everything about you. And I look over his shoulder, and the drummer from the first two nights is sitting at the table waving at me like, hi, 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 hi. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> so in we go. Uh -huh. And the band is playing, and they don't know anything that I know. But we do a jam. And they say, well, we're playing in that first club on Sunday. So uh, who do you like to sing? And they learn some songs so that I can sing with them in oh, the other place. That's really cool. And then they ask me to come back and be their singer. Permanently. Uh, well, that's very nice offer, but yeah. So I spend the rest of my time here out of clubs because I don't feel like singing anymore. Uh, and on the seventh day, we go to Paris. And I'm like so excited because like this is my dream. And I hated it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Every second. Um, we went there. We stayed there for like five days. Uh, and my boyfriend at the time, he had some relatives there. And uh, they, was, they had a house just 10 minutes on the train outside of Paris. 10 minutes. Super. 10 minutes on the train outside of Paris. Normal people. I finally realized that it's not the French, it's the Parisians. I went there and I was so excited to use this five years I spent studying French, like for real, on some real French people. They were so over it. Mm. They heard my accent. They refused to speak to me in English, even though they, they, they refused to speak to me in French once they heard my accent. And then, only then, they would speak to me in English, but like with complete disdain. Mm. You get on the train 10 minutes out, and everyone's like, oh, it's so cute Listen to you trying to speak French. Well, it's actually this, but we know what you mean. Here, have an extra croissant. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, it's like, whoa. It's like teleporting into a completely different dimension. Um, but I went home, and uh, I went back to the New Age bookstore, and I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to take a summer vacation. I bought a ticket, and I came back <coughs> for... Uh, what I thought was going to be three months, mm. and I'm still here. So it's pretty you long never, summer you vacation. you never look back? No, I mean... And those guys that you met on the first trip, the, the, you, you... Well, when I came back, yeah. the, okay, so the guys who asked me to come back, their band ended. Because the main guy, uh, amazing guitarist, uh, mm. Slovak guitarist, Peter Binder. Uh, Peter Binder and Andre Konrad, who is a singer and harmonica player, big in the blues scene, in Czech Republic, uh, Petr said, that girl is not a singer. She didn't study to sing. She just sings because she likes it, and she is better than anybody I ever heard. It doesn't make sense. End of the band. I'm just ending. I don't want to sing. Nothing. I'm just going to be playing my guitar and making music. That's it. It's done. Mm. But I came back. Uh, he met me at the airport, and he's like, remember that very first night you sang? That guy's singer... And this is, this is so funny. This is, they say, he says, he just lost his black American singer. And they're looking for a new one. <laughs> <laughs> Their black American singer just went back to America. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so now I'm thinking, maybe he had plans already that first night. Uh, the, the, he went back, their singer went back to America and they heard you back. And so 
I don't have a band for you, but there's one waiting for you. Mm. I mean, you I mean, you can't make that stuff up. If somebody put that in a film, you'll be like, oh, yeah, right. Mm. Uh, but it really did happen like that. So I actually sang with Lubosh Anders Blues Band for like a year and a half, maybe. Mm. Uh, before, and, and I didn't, again, it was my hobby. It wasn't my job. Mm. That didn't happen. I didn't become a full-time professional singer until 2000. Mm -hmm. uh, five years after you arrived. Mm -hmm. Five years after I arrived. Because I came, first thing, you know, I mean, I got a job as a waitress. Mm. So my first job was in Orados, uh, waiting oh, tables. Yeah, yeah. I know that place. And I did that for about a month. And that was really funny. That was a job that I tried to quit and they wouldn't let, they tried not to let me. Mm -hmm. I gave my, I gave, I'm like two weeks notice. I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, I'm done here. I'm, this is not my thing. I'm not going to be doing this anymore. Um, and then they kept putting me on the schedule. I'm like, which part of, of I don't work there for a month already did you not get? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that was, that was also funny. But thanks to Radost, I also got a, a really big kind of helping hand in the music scene. Mm. Uh, there's uh he's called TJ Evo. He used to have a record shop next to right next to Rados. When you go into Rados, yep. there's a shop there on the side and it used to he used to sell uh albums like on vinyl, CDs, MCs, uh, <laughs> and even <gasps> video cassettes. It was a video um mm -hmm. uh, what do you call oh god, I can't rental. remember. Yes, video rental. Yeah. I don't even remember what it's called anymore because we don't have them. Um and uh, he was a friend of Ivan Kral, mm. who was a big, uh, big star here, because uh, he left and made it big in America, working with Patti Smith and Iggy and the Stooges and stuff like that. And uh, he heard a tape, he heard a cassette of the band that I sang in before I left America. And Marmalade. Yeah, Marmalade. Uh -huh. he, heard a, he heard a tape of Marmalade. And he decided him and... Uh, Ivan Kral, they decided I was suffering in the jazz rock scene of the Czech Republic, and they uh -huh. wanted to do something better for me, like maybe find a better better way for Match. me. Match. Yeah. And Ivo uh, Pospichel actually was the one who got me together with the band Liquid Harmony, mm -hmm. which was one of the first electronic dance music bands here in Czech, Czech Republic. Uh, I even won my first Czech Andiel, or like their version of the Grammy, with that band. Um, so, yeah, so being a waitress brought me some luck because it introduced me to some people that I might not have met otherwise. But that's how Prague was back in those days. Yeah. Because, you know, I come here like 14 years after you, and even at that time, 2009, when I came to Prague, then <coughs> it was very much about, there were certain hotspots. Yeah. Like, like Ratos is a club, it's a music club yeah. and a restaurant, and it's... I don't know. Even when I came, I had and I, I I went there a few times for drinks and for for food and stuff. And you kind of had a feeling that okay, so here is something something happens here. You know, yeah. here 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 is where you will meet a, a DJ or a or an artist or something like that. Yeah. And it wasn't it like that. It was a very small community somehow. It was very small and it was full of expats mm. uh, because it was owned by a couple. The husband was Slovak and the wife from uh, from the states and uh so it had it it was kind of a very hip place though mm. like it was one of the like the places to be seen like that's where all the cool people went for brunch on sundays yep. and that's actually how i ended up asking for a job there because i had gone for brunch and i was like you came you know, there as a cool person on a sunday yeah and, and then i was like hey you know what i have some money in the bank but 
wouldn't it be good if I didn't have to live off that? Mm. Let's get a job and mm. keep that money like for safekeeping, mm. you know? And uh, so I did that for a while. But uh, in the end, I ended up working in bookstores because mm. I knew that. I couldn't do the work that I did in the States working with kids because of the language barrier at the time. I didn't speak Czech at all. So I got a job in an English bookstore, uh, Big Ben Bookshop. Mm. They're not here anymore. Uh, then after that, I got a job in the Globe, and I, they're still here. Yeah. But I got a job in the original one that was over in Prague 7 uh, on Janowskiel in, uh, Street. And that was fun, too. First, I did Big Ben, and then that was where I started to learn. Like, everywhere I worked, I tried to improve my Czech language. Mm. So first, I got uh, waitressing Czech. So, you know, I could say things about food and order and stuff oh, like that. Yeah. Then I started working in bookstores and I learned how to, you know, things about ordering books and things like that, all of this stuff in Czech. So my vocabulary was building, but only segmentized, se way, segmentized yeah. exactly. Um, and all the while I was still singing. And then I got a job, which I thought it was my dream job. I got a job as a teaching assistant because then again, I was working with kids. And mm. this is what I really, really, really loved. So um, I got a job as a teaching assistant in the English International School of Prague. Mm. And I was a, the hot commodity because I was one assistant for like five different teachers and they shared me, whatever. But I loved it because, again, uh, I was still in this expat situation, mm. uh, which I was trying to get out of. Uh, I really wanted to get a handle on the language here yeah, and be able to integrate because of, uh, the first few months that I was here, like probably the first three quarters of a year that I was in Prague, I was mainly with expats and only speaking English or maybe practicing my French with some friends from France or whatever or learning mm. new words from different languages from friends from other countries, but still not the Czech one. And this is where I wanted to be because I had hoped that being here would make me appreciate America more. Mm. But the exact opposite happened. I came oh. here and I realized, oh my God, I've never felt so much freedom as I had when I came to the Czech Republic in America ever. Mm. And that's, the, uh, that's our motto, land of the free, home of the brave. There was no freedom. I had so much freedom here. Mm. Um, and uh, so I... Did the, the, the teaching assistant mm. at the English International School of Prague. Then I went to the International School of Prague, which is the American one, where I lost my job. My last J job, I was fired from it. Uh-huh. Because, and the thing was, they fired me, but they didn't have cause. So this was like, this, this was beauty. Could I, you sue them? No, but better. <laughs> better than suing. I didn't have to go to the old American standby of suing. But uh, I had just uh, ended with the, the band Liquid Harmony. Like we had, we were really young and got a lot of fast fame and uh, just whatever. I turned thirty. I was working in schools and I felt happy about it. Mm. And uh, and I didn't really care that I didn't have a band because uh, still it was my hobby. And I was working as a teaching assistant for a teacher who just didn't particularly care for me. Mm. And. Uh, she wanted me to go. So because she wanted me to go, I had to go. She was a teacher. I was only an assistant. But they didn't have reason. They couldn't just fire me because she didn't like me. Mm. Uh, 
So they had to fire me without cause. And because I had an, um, I had an overseas hire contract, which was a mistake on their part because they hired me here already, they had to pay me three months in advance and let me go. Mm-hmm. So I lost my job in... Yeah, they had to pay me for the rest of the school year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they had to pay me the rest of the school and year. And you could walk out. And there out. was three, I could walk out, and I had, and I, and this is, this is 1990. This is, nine. no, this is two, the year 2000. Mm. And I was making, at this point, I was making, and I was being paid in dollars. Mm. So already this is like cha-ching. Mm. And I was being, I was making something like, the equivalent of 30, 40,000 crowns a month. Yeah, which is back then, like $2,000 was tons of money back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is like... You're rich. Yeah, I was mega rich. I had three, I had like almost 100,000 or maybe 100,000 crowns in the bank. And the d- I got fired on a Sunday. Mm. On Monday, the manager of a new band called Monkey Business called me. And it's really funny because this this manager, we already knew each other. Mm. It was his club that I sang in the very first day I was ever in Europe and in Prague. Mm -hmm. And we knew each other because we almost died together. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's gonna be a long night. (laughs) Um, when uh, that first year mm. in, when I was in, it was in, uh, in Prague in 95. So from 1994 to 1995, I had three really bad car accidents. The first one was my fault in America. I was driving and I lived on Serpentini Windy Road. Uh, I lived around the corner from this famous spot where, where Bob Dylan supposedly had his motorcycle accident that messed up his, his throat. So, yeah, I'm in the car, and anyway, I fly off the road, and the car crash lands down about, like, like into some sort of gorge. Mm. I, uh, looks like a crushed can. I should have been dead, but by some miracle, I wasn't. Mm. Then when I went to buy a new bag so I could come back to Prague after being invited by this band, I'm at a red light, and a car is driving 80 and a 50 um, and rear-ends me at a stoplight. My my sob just like, but luckily everything good. And the third one was going from one concert to the next with this band that I now sing with. Um, And uh, there was a drummer filling in who was the owner of that club. And he's driving, it's dusk. We're going across, we're coming up to a railroad crossing, but there's no gate in front of it. This is some mm. weird thing that I don't understand in the Czech Republic. There should be gates at every railroad crossing, but that's just my opinion. Mm. It's not everywhere. Yeah. But anyway, and the dis- in the distance, apparently he sees the train coming, but it looks like the lights of a car because the crossing is in a curve. Yeah. So... We're driving. He's not paying so much attention. I'm sleeping. I'm in the back of the car. And I wake up because his wife is screaming. And I look in front of me and I see a train. Uh We have a head-on collision with a Skoda Foreman uh, Combi. Uh, Head-on. Luckily, it was a local train. Uh. 
So uh, it was going like maybe 100 kilometers an hour, but it was able to slow down. So it only dragged us about like 100 meters before wow. it could stop. Everyone, to this day, everyone who was in the car, whether they were born yet or not, they are all alive and well. Um, so you were hit by a train? Oh, yeah. We, th- we had on collision with the train, baby. What the fuck? Um, I like to think that I am blessed by the gods, old and new. Yeah. <laughs> um, wow. That's yeah. crazy stuff. Th- that's crazy, right? And that was the third one in a year, yeah. So... Um, yeah, I, I mean, don't. You're gonna be 200 years old. <laughs> I now, don't know. You know. Uh, I think it was probably just not the right time to leave from this particular life. I'm, I'm telling you, I have, I have a, a good friend of mine here is, uh, is the economist uh, Tomasz Sedlacek, hmm. and uh, I have this theory that we were in another life. We were Viking twins. Mm-hmm. I was his shield maiden, and he was a regular killer. Killer, you know. But I was there, you know, always at the back. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. So, uh, you know, I think it just not—it just wasn't time for me to leave this life. I've, I've got more to do in this one before I come back and uh, tell the stories of how I was a shield maiden and how I survived head-on collisions with a train. You know, just—it was just a Saturday. <laughs> so, Tonya, you survived three. Uh, two car accidents and one train accident in <laughs> within a year and uh, and you're you're at that time leaving or you left the band liquid harmony yes um that li- was uh the li- liquid harmony ended in the end of 1999 yeah we had our last concert in sometime in december 1999 and uh i just left and i said that's it I'm not coming back. And then uh and then it just kind of like no one no one really did anything with it. And, and then the af- and the guy yeah who drove your car in the train accident yes was the manager of the club that you sang in the first time and then the manager of the band that you were about to Yeah, so join. the fir- the very first day in Prague or in Europe ever I sang in a club called Agarta owned by Mikhail Hena. Mikhail Hena was filling in for the drummer that played that night when I was uh, in his club that first night, uh, when we had a car accident, the head-on collision with the train and the Skoda. Mm. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, and from this day, Skoda is my absolute favorite car. Yeah. I, will take a, I will ride in a Skoda anywhere. If I can survive a head-on collision with the train, train. They have my endorsement. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they are not one of the sponsors here. Though, no, they are not. But uh, but and this is not a paid partnership. But I'm just saying, Skoda, if you're out there listening, you want to hook me up with a I don't know Kodiak or something like that. I'm all down. Anyway, where were we? Oh yes. And then <laughs> uh, he was the manager of Monkey Business. So I'm imagining that if he didn't, if we hadn't. Because we didn't meet on that first night mm. with, the, with the owner. Mm. I just sang in his club. But we met because he, because every, basically the music scene here, people sort of, the jazz and, and blues scene, people sort of uh, fill in for others when they can't, mm. when others can't. And uh, he was the manager of Monkey Business. Now, we've had this long history. We were friends. We, we all survived the car accident. Everybody's okay. Yay, hooray. Uh cut to five years later and he's like hi can you come into my office i got something for i want you to hear something i lost my job on sunday monday morning 
he calls me Monday afternoon. I'm in his office and he plays this band. He's like, have you ever heard of Roman Holy? I'm like, Roman Holy, Roman Holy. Uh, I think I've heard his name. He has that band uh, Jar or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it, that's it. So he puts on the song My Friends, mm. which I think is the worst thing I have ever heard in my life. Mm. What the hell? What You really think someone's going to listen to this guy singing in English with this ridiculous accent? The thing is, that was the point of the song, and I didn't know at first because the music is amazing. Uh, the, to the, the, the musicians in Monkey Business are genius musicians. Mm. The, the and this is something about uh, the Czech Republic, I think, in general, or maybe Prague. I mean, you can't throw a stone without hitting a musician, mm. and I think it has a very big culture of music throughout the, the, the centuries. Mm. Uh, people come here to write, people are inspired by it, whatever. Um, and that was the joke. The, the But the musicians were so, um, the music was so brilliant. I'm like, this would be good if they had a better singer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> He's like, no, no, no. You no, walked no. right into it. <laughs> I walked right into it, you know. It's like the band is called Monkey Business. Aha, okay, get it. Nomen omen. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, I, so I'm like, okay, whatever. You know what? Right now I need a job. So I'm taking this job. They're, he's like, this band, they're looking for someone. They're going to go on tour now. Uh, they need more voices so that it'll sound stronger on stage. And I'm like, okay, great. He's like, it'll be 2,000 crowns a concert. Uh, we start in May. We finish, uh, we finish in June. Mm. 2,000 crowns like 100, 100 bucks, right? Right, but this was, this was, and this was in 2000. Uh, yeah, so it was still, it's a lot of money back it's then. It's still a lot of money back yeah. then. And I, I still have my, I got my like 90 or 100,000, whatever I got in the bank. Your tooth. My, I, no, got, I got uh, my golden parachute. Yeah. <laughs> so my golden parachute is in the bank. Mm. And then I'm, go, I'm being offered this. Mm. And, I'm, and, they, and I think they had a tour of like 10 dates. Mm. That's fine with me. That's good. So I'm like, okay, great. I'm going to do this. And in the meantime, I had already been thinking about going, moving to Portugal mm. and leaving Prague and just find another job being a teaching assistant because in all honesty, being a teacher's assistant was super for me. The, the pay was great. Returnable children, which are by far the best children in the world. Those are the ones that you return them to their parents yeah, when they've had yeah. enough. Yeah. Um, they don't stick. <laughs> they don't stick. <laughs> you, can, you can get your money back. Um, <laughs> but um, monkey business started, and I thought this was a job like for a limited time. And I remember I had an interview with some magazine uh, uh, Maybe I don't. I don't even. Maybe it was Spy or something. One of those tabloid magazines that don't exist anymore in in the Czech Republic. And the guys were helping me to check that everything was right. And they and I said, Yeah. So right. What are you doing now? Well, right now I'm on tour with this new band called Monkey Business. And then I'm gonna figure out what I'm gonna do after that. No, you're not. You're uh, you're in the band. What do you mean? No, no. See, we're counting that you're in the band. Like you're you're not just like touring touring with us for this. No, you're in the band now. I was like, what? <laughs> so that was a big shock for me. Um, and it was fun because, uh, again, when I was with Liquid Harmony, it was music that I'd never heard of or that I didn't mm. know. What type? It was uh, house. Which was the house music. Yeah. When I was Monkey Business, they did this funk album with, okay, so the godfather of Monkey Business is Fred Wesley, who is the for, who was the band leader for James Brown and the JBs. 
he wrote Pass the Peas and, and uh, all of these other songs that James Brown is like really famous for because he was the band leader of... Yeah, the big band yeah. behind. Yeah. So he's the godfather of monkey business. And I What does that mean, being a godfather of... of, of uh, like an inspirator? Or well, or the thing is, like, every time you make an album, I don't know if it's how it is in the other worlds, but when you have your album release, things like that, here they do kind of like a baptism. And the person uh -huh. who... They do it for books, they do it for anything, you know? Music. So he, this is a guy who pours the champagne on the newly released album. And you usually ask someone who means something to you. And Fred Wesley was this godfather of this album because also they wanted him to play trombone and uh -huh. make horn arrangements for this first album that they did. And he agreed. And again, this Mikal Haina, who was the manager, the original manager of Monkey Business, he was he was the real Nokia there because He connected me with them. He connected Fred Wesley with, with Monkey Business as well um, because he does this, he used to do this, uh, I think it was Valentine Jazz Festival where he would bring lots of uh, famous jazz and blues musicians from outside of the country in. Mm -hmm. So he had a contact for Fred Wesley. Uh -huh. He came, he did, he, re he recorded the album with the guys and he came back when we... For the like, champagne. He came back for the champagne at the very end of the tour Uh, we did shows in Carlo Vivare, uh, and we did like two or ma two nights, maybe three, maybe two nights in Lucerna Music Bar mm. in the end of May. It was, I think it was May 27th and 28th. Um, and uh, he was there for them. Uh, and so th this and was then like you're you become permanent. I've become permanent. And so this so it's kind of like when they were scheduling your own shifts on on Rattust without <laughs> your <laughs> approval. That you're 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 taken into a band without your own approval. I didn't even know, but mm. I, but it was but it was fine for me. It was great. I mean, when I met them, the first meeting with the entire band, we sat down in th this restaurant, and I came, and they brought me a bouquet of blue roses. And this is really important for me because. Uh, um, I'm not really a big flower person. I have allergies. Roses don't make me sneeze, so that's okay. Um, there are flowers that I do like. I, actually, that's not true. I am a big flower person, but I don't gen tend to have them around because they make me sneeze, but I love them. Mm. Uh, they brought me blue roses, and if you know the play um, The Glass Menagerie from uh, Tennessee Williams, yeah, there's the... The there's the mother, the f the sister, and the brother, and he brings some. The brother t brings home a friend for dinner one night, and the sister Laura, she's kind of like smitten with him. He's not really into her, but the thing is, they're always trying to fix her up because she has something wrong with her leg, mm. and so she doesn't really go out much. And she collects these little glass animals, and he says to her, "You're like blue roses." Because it's something that's like, it's very, it's not common at all, but still it's quite beautiful, but it's something completely, oops, sorry, microphone, something completely different. Mm. And when they showed up with those blue roses, that was the first time I'd actually seen blue roses. Mm. Um, and that was for me like this kind of like sign from the heavens, from the universe, like this is, yeah, you're going to have a good time with this bunch. This is going to be okay. Uh-huh. Um, and then when they said, no, 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 we thought you understood, you're in this band, because the manager explained it to me as in, they need someone for the like tour. A session. 
And I, I, and I took it as super, because this gives me time to get on my feet and look for something else, mm -hmm. what the next step will be. And then we're like, no, you're in the band. And by this time, I was already with them for like two weeks, and it just like really, really clicked. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, great. Nothing to solve there. I'm in the band. Um, so I didn't take it in a bad way that someone had made a decision for me that I had no, no knowledge of. But... Um, Again, I ended up somewhere, and I didn't even know I was in that band. <laughs> and, 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 and that band became quite big. I mean, Yeah, they are still to this day. I sang yeah. with them for 16 years. Yeah. And this year was the 20th anniversary. Um, I don't sing with them anymore. I'm not in the band, per se, but I'm not out. Um, it's kind of like a family. Uh -huh. You know, like, uh, I do not live with my f uh, four brothers and sisters anymore. Thank God. But they're still there. They're still there. Mm -hmm. They're still my family. You know, we call on holidays and birthdays. And, and, it's, and, and that's the thing. When I left uh, from Monkey Business, it wasn't me trying to end the band. It was just time for me to move on. It was time for me to do something else. And, uh, and, I, and when, when I left, like we, had to d we did this thing. We had an agreement with the band that we would each put out a statement. Like, I mean, basically the same thing because there was, not, there was no like, discrepancy there. But we would tell the fans, you know. So I've put it out there that like yes I'm leaving, but there's not and and to this day nobody can understand that there wasn't some big fight like the the, the transition that I left and another singer came in that it was okay. people don't get that. But you actually and, and I think you sang together both. Yeah, of you on some because concerts, she yes Teresa Chanokova was already coming in and being a vocalist sometimes yeah. with us, yeah. and there were times when because I had already started doing my solo stuff. Mm -hmm. And I really wanted to actually do something with it mm. and not just have it kind of like, eh, yeah, yeah, something on the side, it's a big joke, and, and never get to have concerts of my own and stuff like that. And Teresa would fill in for me sometimes when I, when there was like a, a conflict of scheduling, mm. so she would sing. Mm -hmm. And she'd been there already from the time of my first kid. But mm -hmm. uh, the first time that I was pregnant and like, in the, I sang until maybe, I, I yeah, with both of my kids, mm. I sang like until like the last month mm. before birth. Um, I was on stage, so she filled in for me for a couple concerts with the already from the beginning with my first son, and then with the second son, it was like that. W there was no question; like mm. she'd done it, she'd done a good job. I just said, "Hey, would you do this for me again?" And she was happy to do it. Um, so when I left, I thought, "Hey, you know what about Teresa?" She's already here. She's already she's already a part. Mm. Uh, and it would be an easier transition. Mm. And, w and the last year that I was there, we did this thing where there would be concerts where there'd be her, there would be concerts where there would be me, mm. and then there would be concerts where there would be both of us. Yeah, I've seen some of that. And yeah, and I think it was I think it was good because I think it helped the transition. The, there were a lot of people that were sad and are still kind of upset with me for leaving. Mm. But I said in my goodbye speech, like every child, I'm moving away from home, but I will be back for birthdays and holidays. So when Monkey Business does their birthday concerts, I show up. I sing a couple songs with them. When they do their Christmas concerts, I show up. I do a couple songs with them. Uh, two years ago, Teresa Chernokova had a bad accident just before the Christmas shows. And uh, she couldn't sing all of December. And it, w it was terrible because it's just like, uh, and, uh, and so they called me. They're like, can you? I'm like, yes. Yes, I will mm. help you. 
You know, it's like if I don't, it's like if I don't have concerts of my own on on these days when you have yours, then you can count with me. Mm. And I have to say, it was nice to be back there and be with them. But let me tell you, I do not want to do that full time. I'm gonna be 51 in 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 three weeks, two weeks. I don't know. And let me tell you, I don't want to be jumping on the stage for two hours. Mm. I'm old. <laughs> but 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 just to give give us, I mean, like. Uh, Two two of the out of five listeners that are listening to this are, are <laughs> not, not from from Czech Republic and Prague. So right. just to put it in a little bit of a context, I mean, you know, you you're 16 years with that band, right? With that band, yeah. right? So how big did it get? I mean, how oh. and how big is that band? I mean, this well, is a country of well, I would say this is a this is a country of what 12 million? Yeah, 12 million, 11, 12 million, 11, people. 12 million people, and everybody. I I, mean, I don't know. I think everybody in this country uh, I- uh, as well as maybe the next one over at Slovakia as well probably knows monkey business yeah. whether they know it with me or with Teresa they know and uh, i mean we've been we did in 2007 uh i mean monkey business is one of the top bands in this country mm. they may not uh do stadium concerts like Kabat and David Kohler and things like that but they have such a fan base, and uh, they like in the later years they started to because we did our our stadium tour, where in connection with Nokia, and we did only we did huge concerts in big sport halls around the country, and uh, that's when I had my what I felt was my rock star moment. Did we, you throw a TV out? I haven't done that, but other people in monkey business have. Oh. <laughs> okay, so that's a big band. That's a, that's a big band. Um, but uh, we, I remember we played here in front of 17,000 people uh-huh. in, uh, the, in the O2 Arena in Prague. Yeah. It's, the la- it's, it's actually the largest indoor concert arena in Europe, I think. Really? Yeah. Oh, well, I've played there. Mm. Um, <laughs> of course. But that's not my biggest audience. <laughs> But it was great, and that was my rock star moment to look out um, and and see all those people there in this in this huge arena where I like years later. Okay, I I saw I saw um, I saw Iron Maiden there. I saw mm. Duran Duran. Mm. Uh, Depeche Mode. Depeche News. Mode so many yeah, times. Yeah. I, that, I saw, I saw uh, yeah, you know, Justin Bieber there. Not s- Justin Timberlake, sorry. Yeah. Oh yeah, I saw Justin Timberlake yeah. there too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I was there. Uh, I saw I saw J Lo. <laughs> I went to see Jennifer Lopez, but I have to say, she I have big respect for her as a as an entertainer as a performer. She's no joke. I saw Madonna there mm. twice, uh, and I played there. Yeah, that's before cool. Madonna, before J Lo, before Justin Timberlake. <laughs> well, that's really cool. But what was the biggest? So you say so. So, so the biggest, the biggest uh, audience monkey b- that I played with with Monkey Business mm-hmm. was probably a hundred thousand people. We were in Argentina. This was and this and this is funny because when we came back, we were in Argentina at the oh that was two thousand eight was the Nokia tour. So at the end of two thousand seven, December two thousand seven, we were in. Uh, Buenos Aires with Monkey Business for this festival. Uh, oh God, I forgot what it's called, but it's a really huge fest- music festival, one of the hugest in 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 Argentina, in South America, and it's done 
the, the production is in working with it. Uh, there's a band there called Soda Stereo or Stereo Soda. I don't know. It's like the biggest band in South America, like the uh, South American Beatles, everyone was saying when we were there. And uh, this uh, Zeta Bosia uh, met Monkey Business. He saw Monkey Business somewhere when he was traveling through Europe, found us, and invited us to come to this festival. 100,000 people. Yeah, there were 100,000 people there, but with uh, with Liquid Harmony, I'd already played some festivals in Europe, uh, mainly in uh, the Netherlands, uh, where there were like 100, 150,000, you know, like on these befriding festivals, these kind of things like on the 5th of May and uh, stuff like that. Yeah. Where it's... So, and but I mean, in... Argentina, we played like before Chris Carn. We played Chris Cornell. Chris Cornell, yeah. We the, the we were like the, in the in that evening on that night of the festival. Uh, the last three bands were us, Happy Mondays, Chris Cornell. Okay, so you're officially now the 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 big shot on my show. <laughs> Way. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna funny. next time I see you in the bank, I'm gonna run over to you and <laughs> but, uh, jump on me. <laughs> but so, so, uh, but it's interesting that <coughs> you tend to leave. Yeah, I because I when I don't when I'm not learning something, it's not interesting for me. Yeah. So I always um, that's why it was so exciting for me with uh, Liquid Harmony because I was learning a new music that I'd never heard before. It was exciting for me with Monkey Business because um, even though I knew the music, um, I'd never sung this kind of I've never done this kind of thing before. And the, the thing Monkey Business is more like funk. They started out as funk, but it's yeah. it's pop now. It's yeah. because it's constantly evolving, right? Yeah. And what and what is pop music other than popular music? Mm. And it's quite popular. But um, the reason the leaving monkey business was because I was doing my solo. So again, learning new things, and and every time I I like learning. I enjoy learning. I every time um, I meet someone from a new place. I always, uh, I always learn please and thank you. Those are the first ones that I learn in in every language, because those are the most important words I think in the world. You know those two words you can get by mm. anywhere. People will help. We don't you. have please in Icelandic. Actually, I know, <laughs> I know. And do you guys say tak? Rarely. Yeah, we say tak, but we rarely. For thank you. Yeah, we rarely. So you don't have yeah. So you don't have please in yeah. in Icelandic. No. I know. I already asked one friend about that. Yeah. And then so in Icelandic. Uh, Huna. Hun, that's a female. It's a female, but what do you call the little one? Uh, a small female. <laughs> no, but like, okay, so like, uh, if you were Norwegian, I would call you Lil Shikling. Chicken. Kukling. 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 Okay, so now I learned my new, I uh, got my Icelandic word for today. But, uh, <laughs> but, but I don't know, did we cover the rock star moment there? The rock star moment, yeah. The I don't. I don't know. I mean, there must have been something. I mean, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and hotels, and okay. So okay, I know. I, I mean, know, you, you I know that my. Uh, I say that uh, my spirit animal is Keith Richards because yeah. I want to last as long as he did. But, uh, but hopefully, like not having to do everything that he's done. I mean, yeah, okay. You go, 
yes, rock and roll. I've I've had I've I've tried my recreational drugs, but uh, not to the extent of Keith Richards, thank God. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but is that is that like a but you in, but inevitable part of of this? I don't think so. No? I think it depends on who you're with, because um, okay, I come from a hippie village. So yeah, uh, you know, smoking I got the smoking joints. That's uh-huh. the, that's something that's there, uh, magic mushrooms. Yeah, but these are not things that I ever really found in the in the music scene for some reason. I don't know if it's because I was with blues man or or More what. professionalism or, or. But for me, like like pot, you know, smoking a, a spliff, a joint, or something. That's like oh oh, that's like sex, drugs, rock and roll, right? Uh-huh. No, it's not. <laughs> I, I found out it's not. Um, Especially But not in this country. where Not you know, in this country. But I have to say that as far as recreational drugs, it's never been uh, for me involved in music. No. And I don't know how. Because, um, I mean, uh, maybe around, it's, it's, it's you, you would think that I would find that more in this branch of this work, hmm. you know, or even, even with, with acting. I mean, but no. Um, I think, I'm trying to think. First time that I was ever offered. Actually, though, I was offered. For instance, I was. I've been offered cocaine a lot of times, and f- many, 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 many years. I said no, and the first time I ever tried it, I was forty-two years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the reason I never tried it because it had to go in your nose, and I just did not like how it smelled. Why would I put that in my nose? <laughs> <laughs> But how how this yeah, I mean like uh, so the the music business here I mean is it like um, when you when you during those let's say those 16 years with monkey business yeah. and now in your in your solo career that that you've had since then what like 2015 or, or to I left monkey business at the end of 2016 so yeah. from 2017 on I'm you're, you're on your I'm own. on my own but I was doing some solo stuff already 2010 2009 yeah. I'd already started working my did my first my first solo album came out in 2011 uh-huh and then the second one was uh, 2013 yeah and 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 during those years both the the, the monkey business years and and well basically this whole career it, it's a decent living right i mean how yeah. how is the money in this business well here? the thing is okay so you can make a living in music here it's not incredibly easy for everyone as it is for others uh not everyone gets to be carol gott mm. um mm-hmm. but uh or or even i mean okay for instance monkey business there are there i was in a band with six guys now now that's on you teresa and it, i find it also quite interesting uh there are a few guys in the band who are like really solid and like okay and like you can say yeah they have no money worries and then there are others who like make ends meet mm-hmm. uh there and then there are those who yes they live from monkey business but here's the thing and this was and this actually was a problem for me in monkey business only towards the end non-stop i mean almost every weekend for the entire year almost every weekend uh you work mm. sometimes you are on tour for three or four days so so m- more than just the weekends and 
from January, February, you don't work so much, but then in March, you start working again, and then it's like that for the rest of the year. Mm. And once I had kids, it wasn't fun for me anymore mm. because m- my kids are now 15 and 12, puberty, and it ain't fun, but mm. we'll get to that later. But, but you can make a living, but the thing is, when you see people, you, you have to be in one of these more well-known popular mm. bands. People like Helena von Drachkova will always make money. Mm. Um, people like in these smaller bands, maybe it's harder. Like when you have jazz musicians, blues oh. musicians, they play in these clubs. They're playing every night, oh. sometimes two or three gigs it's a, a night. And it's a hustle. Yeah. to ma- And you, you can make ends meet, but that's all it will be. Mm. If you're a bigger name in the business, you can also make ends meet. Uh, but you have to be like super mega giga smart in the in the in the system here in order to be on a level of someone like um, you also have to be smart economically and I'm not I don't really have such a head for numbers and math and stuff mm. like that I I've pretty much lucked out in this past year with my new boyfriend because he's smart about that okay and he's trying to help me overcome the problems of not only being born poor, but being a, a huge megastar and still being poor. <laughs> <laughs> but how, 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 uh, um, I mean, if you, if you, um, if you look at, I, I don't know how much you know, I mean, obviously you probably know a lot. I mean, this is kind of stupid, but if you compare like what you see in the music industry here versus like the US, do you think it's, do you see, it's, are there some specifics here that are different from anywhere else? Um, well, having only lived here and in the States, I'm not really sure how, how it works in other places, but I can compare the two mm. in that. Um, okay. For me to have risen to the, to the level of stardom that I have here, I think it was much easier for me, uh, at the beginning because I am black Mm. And I am foreign. Mm. And I'm not just foreign, I'm American. Mm. And that holds a lot of weight in the jazz and blues community because that's my music. Mm-hmm. That's music of black Americans. So that's our, our music, um, or as they say, um, and probably a reason why. I mean, like I said, the first meeting, the guy looked at me, I'm too small to play basketball, I'm black, I'm from New York. Do you Perfect sing? Fit, yeah. <laughs> and luckily, uh, yes, I sing. But luckily, I actually do have a good voice. Mm. So because I, I I know people that um, that don't have such great voices, but do get to sing, just because of where they're from. Somebody should give them basketball. Um, but uh, one thing is. The thing about it is, like, it w- it's a lot easier for me here than it would be in America because in America there's like, there's at least another ten million of me. Mm. I mean, not me, and not the real deal me, mm. <laughs> but you know, like, it's on the same level. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, uh, there's probably another ten million of me in my state alone. Mm. Uh, but there, I never had any ambitions of being you didn't even a singer. Try. I, mean, I didn't even try, no. and I didn't even try here. I was really happy and satisfied with being able to have singing as a hobby mm. because I was doing work that I really loved. But mm. it's the circumstances. I couldn't do that work here. Mm. So And but but um, But it would be harder for me to to be to the level of where I am here. Yeah. Uh t- it would be harder to to achieve that there than than in the Czech Republic. 
Um, I felt I've always felt here that with the uh, this this city, I mean um, that that it's it's kind of it's actually a city of opportunity in a way that if you if you do something and you do it well and you have your style yeah. or, or or something about you, some sort of a edge or or, or, or something different, you can actually make it here. Yes, and, and I, 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 it's a, it's a really, really interesting thing that it's, uh, it's, it's maybe not as competitive as, as somewhere else, and there is still so many things that haven't really been done here, and 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 that brings me right to the, the quality of the music and the musicians here. Like yeah, I, I, I think I told you once that when I listen to rock music here or metal music, I get the feeling that they took hundred thousand male. Jacks <laughs> into a room and they played Lemmy Kilmister in Motorhead for three hours and this was in 1982 and since then <laughs> they've all been trying to sing that you know you get yeah, my drift so I get your drift yeah and this is and this uh, yeah that is very rampant in here I think um, I feel like as many amazing musicians are here a lot of times you get the Czech version of something from somewhere else yeah um it's like instead of and and you know what you it's okay to have the Czech version of something but my problem as a native english speaker is i don't want to hear a Czech band that is trying to be i don't know blink 180 whatever that is i don't know the, the exact number blink 182 it's singing in English, or what's the other one that, that that's kind of like heavy metal hip hop? You know, they got the Limp Biscuit. Yo, I don't want to hear the Czech version of Limp Bis Biscuit. Nobody wants to hear even the original version. Yeah, of Limp actually, Biscuit I'm anymore. not a fan of Limp Biscuit. No. I mean, Nomen Omen. I mean, come on, you named yourself Limp Biscuit. You had to know you were gonna suck. <laughs> uh, whatever. Anyway, but that's enough. That's just my opinion. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, no, I don't want to hear the Czech version of it. I want to hear a Czech band. Mm. You know, this is why I like bands like um, this is why I like David Kohler. This mm. is why I like songs from Lucia. This is why I like Yar, Yeah mm. uh, Air. Um, I like these bands because they're not trying to be the Czech version of something no. else. But in those time, so it's what twenty five years you've been. I'm here, here right? twenty five years. It's going to be twenty six years in May. Yeah. And I guess over this time, the the let's say. Okay, so if you try to single out, what has changed? What, what's different now if you look at the younger musicians now versus what was it when you came here? Um, because when you come here, yeah. we're like six years out of communism. Right, right, right. So it was, they were six years out of communism. They were three years out of the split with Slovakia. Uh, and the thing is, they had, I mean, if I guess... There was a lot of this underground music. Mm. And this was music that was inspired by uh, bands outside of, but again, it was in Czech, and I don't think they were trying to sound like those bands. I think they were inspired by them. So you could hear a bit of like their sound mm. be like influencing it, but it didn't sound like a Czech version of that. Mm -hmm. um, I like I, I like the band Olympic. That's a mm. Czech band. They're an old band. They're, they're like the equivalent of probably of Czech Rolling Stones because they've been around that long. Um, but they don't sound like the Rolling Stones. Mm. They sound like Olympic. Mm -hmm. And I like that band. Mm. Um, I don't want to... It's like, this is a sad thing for me. 
I'm so hoping for some new Czech music. Yeah, I don't. I'm not. A, I'm not someone who's jealous that there's a newer, younger version out there. No, I'm. I'm looking for something new, good to listen to. Mm. I want to support a, a, a good band. Um, there's one young. Uh, I guess they call them. What do they call them? When you just have a guitar. Troubadour. Like a, yeah, Troubadour. Yeah, I don't know. I th- they call them Pisnikaji in Czech. Uh-huh. You know, the, she's called Zoe Hater. This girl is for me an inspiration. I think she's 18 now. Mm. Um, she at one one time she asked me to come and do the whole Godmother thing, like on a uh-huh. on an album. But I found out about her because I was doing a TV show a couple years here, a couple years ago here. I was for doing it was called it's called Drive, and it's a show where they have lifestyle, um, music, and sport. Uh-huh. And I was a music person, so I had to find new people to interview that were interesting for me. And I found this girl when she was 13 years old. She was on Václavské náměstí, busking, and mm. the money she made busking, she used to make her first album mm-hmm. when she was 14. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, so this kid's got some oomph in her. Yeah. She's got chutzpah. She's got moxie. She's like, wow. Um, she's called Zoe Hader. And she's just like, but I like what she plays because she's not trying to be a Czech version of something else. Uh-huh. She's playing what she feels. And there are some, I think that, that what started to happen since the time that I've come here, now it's opened up, right? Mm. So now they're not, so now you've got more people trying to be the Czech version of what's already out there mm. instead of uh, l- looking inward and seeing what they really have and making something good with it mm. um these things work if you want to do the czech version that's going to stay right here and mm. nobody else is going to listen to it mm. but uh, um but if you want to go global you have to you have to you i think th- 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 the idea that going if go singing in english makes people gonna li- people like you globally that's not always true mm. it's not necessarily a good thing and uh this is why i like czech hip-hop mm. I mean, I don't always understand everything they're saying, but if the music is good and they've got a good flow, mm. then that's great because mm. they're not trying to be somebody else. Mm. Um, except for the, the one thing that the Czech, a lot of Czech hip-hop gets is this uh, vul- the vulgarity, the profanity. Mm. And, and that's my problem. That's, again, okay, the, the Czech version of... They think let's just be vulgar and say a bunch of profanity, and then uh, and this is hip hop. Yeah. Put f- f- uh, profanity to s- great beats, and yeah, and a lot of people buy into that. Mm. But again, uh, there is ah, and this guy might be interesting for you because he speaks English. Mm. Uh, he is called Prago Prago Un- Prago Union mm. uh, Cato. He was from one of the very first and the first. Uh, Czech uh, Music Award winning mm. uh, hip hop rap group in the Czech Republic. They were called Chaos, Chaos. And he today still goes on. One, one of the three guys who were there, he's still around, Kato, and he has this thing called Prago Union, where he raps um, in Czech, but he doesn't use profane mm. language, and his lyrics are incredibly funny 
and interesting mm. and ironic and like they they they're worth the listen mm. and this sadly you don't get a lot of here and now all of these like contest shows i can't stand those but you you talking about contest shows you you were on on star dance you were you yeah. were competing as a dancer here yeah because i wanted to learn those dances and you, how did you do oh really poorly <laughs> I loved it. Did they vote you off? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh? I got voted. I was second voted off. But then again, this is a popularity contest. Uh, when I talk about these contest shows, I mean like uh, The Voice mm. or Idol. You've been Idol on The Voice as well. As a uh, but as a, I, was a, I was a guest, they wanted me to come in and uh, uh, I was a, a guest judge or something like that. Mm. But I wouldn't go and I don't recommend to people to go to star, what is it called, St superstar, uh, these things like Star Search and the, the Pop Idol and things like that. I don't recommend it because, um, again, it's a show where they take people and they put them, they, they, they're, they're making a model. Mm. It's kind of like um, when they did The Monkees, which uh, I don't know if you know that there was a band in the States. And yeah, th yeah. they were called, like, yeah. the monkey. The Beatles were the Fab Four. And the Monkees were the pre-Fab Four. Because they made them. They put yeah. them together to, be a, yeah. to become a band. And basically, that's what these shows are doing. And how do you... It, 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 it takes away the creativity. It takes away yeah. the creativity. It takes away the originality. Mm. And, and now we've got, again, another state-sanctioned pop star. Mm. Hooray! Mm. No, I don't like that stuff. I would rather listen to somebody who sounds bad but tries and gets better along the way because th you hear it in their music. You hear that that you you hear the growth. You hear the experience. You hear the realness. Mm. You know, if I I, I mean I, I I just I can't deal with it. But Star Dance, that that was funny and fun. Um, it hadn't been on for a while, and then like they did a new. It was the tenth year that they'd done it. They got rid of all the dancers that they had before, so everything was a fresh start. So it was kind of like, mm. it's kind of like the beginning again for Star Dance. Mm. And they called me, and I didn't want to go because I had years ago I really wanted to go on there, and they decided not to pick me. Mm. They decided no, no. They even chose to choose. They even chose Mate Rupert to be on the show before me, even though there had been talk about yeah, 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 we're gonna take you on the show. Mm -hmm. They decided, no, let's get Mate Rupert instead, who is the singer from Monkey Business. Of course, it's going to get more viewers for them. The show is a popularity contest, and that's ju you're judged uh, by, you get to stay depending on how many people who are watching vote for you. Mm. So we talked about earlier, like people like, oh, yeah, everybody knows who you are. Evidently, everybody didn't. Mm -hmm. And also people... What year is this? The, this was last year. This was one year ago. Uh-huh. Um, so you're not as famous as I thought you were? I might be famous, but I'm not as popular. There were people on who were more popular, and people really knew who they were. Yeah. So if you've got, you've got to think about who's watching the show. So these are people who are sitting at home, and they watch TV all the time. And then my, my fellow contestants uh, were people who were on TV shows. So they know who that is. Mm. Grandma in the village doesn't really know who I am. Mm. But that didn't matter. I was so excited that I was going to learn these dances. Because mm. for me, it's about what am I going to learn? Mm -hmm. So I was all ready for that. Except someone evidently thought it would be funny to pair me with a... Uh, my dance partner was 30 years younger than me and 30 centimeters taller than me. Mm. 
What a match. Yeah. I mean, I don't care about the age difference. If a per- I judge people on who they are, not the, the number on their birth certificate. And um, I didn't realize. You need to have your... Uh, oh, yeah, Shishmari. I forget a lot of English words because I've been here so long. Panev. Um, uh, you know, if you have a, your skeleton and then there's that part... Waist or, or no, hip, not hips? Or uh, yeah, it's kind of around there, th- it, but it has a name. C- uh, oh, and you don't want to break it. It's that, but it's that bone. Like women, women have it, and then it r- it opens up when we have babies. Uh-huh. Pelvis. Pelvis. Ah, yeah. I knew it. I get it back. Okay. <laughs> so your pelvises have to be sort of at a matching height, but so that you can't. Uh-huh. So that you dance together. Okay, so you're dancing a dance like tango. <laughs> we 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 managed to get that one uh, in, in before we got voted off. The man is kind of crouched down, but you have to realize when your partner is crouched down mm. so much so that your your pelvises are next to one another. Mm. The guy was almost on his knees on the floor, and I was on my tippy toes, and we still. <laughs> You know, so we didn't really have a chance. People, the thing was, people didn't like. They said I was, I was stiff as a board, and she's black. She should have it in her blood. Why isn't she a better dancer? These were these were the, really the comments that I was getting, and I was just laughing my ass off. I was like, man, the things you, I have forgotten more things than these people actually have ever learned. <laughs> But how how and how is this? A paid gig, or I mean, yeah, 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 uh-huh. it was paid. So that was so, yeah, okay, fine. So for me, that was fun. It was a job where I was learning something and I was getting paid. Uh-huh. So for me, that that made sense. And but the 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 problem was I had a completely inadequate. We were not yeah, suited, and there was someone else there who was better suited to dance with me. Mm. Uh, and his partner didn't like him. Mm. And the thing is, if I had danced with him, like any other time, because we became we became very close, mm. uh, the, all, all of the people, it was almost a shame that it was a contest, because we really, really liked each other, uh, to the point that even the people who voted were voted off, we came every other week to support everybody else who was uh-huh. there. Um, we still have a we still have a WhatsApp chat, oh, <laughs> and oh, it's cute. a year later. Oh, <laughs> Have you ever thought about writing a letter to that company that gave you the $35,000 in the States and thank them for breaking your tools? No. Um, but you know what did happen that mm. was even funnier? <laughs> um, I That year when I, I broke my tooth and then later in the year, after the tooth was fixed, that place, this, this bar, it's a bar and restaurant and they have a big Halloween costume every year. Mm. And you and... Uh, This was 1994, hmm. and no, 1993. I was 22 when I lost it to you. So 1993, uh, Halloween costume, year later, they've lost their money to me. They, I go in in the Halloween costume because I want to win because I know I've got a good costume. I'm a toothbrush. <laughs> and um but it wasn't it had nothing to do with that it was just that i was like that would be really cool i think i want to be a toothbrush for halloween and so i get like the so my my i had my boyfriend at the time was a sculptor and he like sewed in everything he made me the costume and like a giant piece of styrofoam and i took some uh pieces from old blinds on the window mm. 
cut them and ching, 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 put them in there like that. And then like here, a big hole around my head so my head could stick out because I had a gig that night. Mm. So I had to sing. <laughs> and of course, we all wanted to wear Halloween costumes in the band. So I came as this giant toothbrush and I wanted to go to that contest. So I was like, but I haven't been there since I've sued them. And you know, I don't know. I just went in there with that. To- they saw that they're just like, here's the money. <laughs> you won the prize. I won the prize. Wow. So I won $35,000 from them plus another two fifty, you know, for, for the being Halloween. A for being a toothbrush. <laughs> but uh, but, uh, how but was maybe it? I should thank them. Yeah. Because oh, it's, it's, it's actually a turning point in your it life. It is. You know? It is. Because if that hadn't happened, I don't know. I mean, maybe I would have gotten to Europe, but maybe mm. not like that. Yeah. Um, You wouldn't have been into a band. It might have been a different time. Exactly. If I hadn't been in that car accident, the third car accident. Train, the train. The one where we hit the train head on. I wouldn't have, I, st- I still hadn't met mm. the man who was the owner of that club I sang in on the first mm. night in Prague. Mm. Um, so that that's also another weird connection. He's just everywhere, that guy. Mm. <laughs> But... Uh, So how is it now? I mean, like, uh, obviously with uh, the COVID and the restrictions, and, yeah. and as you said earlier, uh, that, that your job has basically been made illegal. Yeah. But ap- apart from that, if, the, if it wasn't for that, and you, you, you said, you know, it was too much of a job being in a band, touring and playing as much. Yeah, so how is it that now? Much. So well, now I don't, ideal, I don't play as month. much. But uh, the thing is, I do still have concerts. Mm. Um, well, not now, actually. But uh, but in the new year, that's my plan. Back to c- having concerts and doing stuff, which I really look forward to. Because um, I'm starting, and this is crazy. We just started preparing this new project with um, uh, with one DJ, uh, DJ Bidlow, who I met back in '95, '96 when I sang with Liquid Harmony. Because he was part of, he was a DJ who would play with us mm-hmm. in the band. And uh, we've known each other for so long. And he even left here a while. Went to the States with, he had married an American. Uh, after they divorced, he came back. Um, and then after so many years, we met up and it was like we hadn't seen each other. We'd seen each other the other day, just the day before. And so we started preparing and getting stuff ready to do this DJ set, which is a lot easier for me than having to move around with, a whole, a, with a whole band. And then boom, nope, singing is illegal. Mm. Concerts are, f- are, are, are banned for now. Um, but now th- it's possible to have these cultural events, but without audiences. So th- people are getting into the streaming. Um, I'm not crazy about streaming mm. because I don't just do a concert. I do a shared experience and I need that audience there because mm. they're part of it. Mm. This is just as much for that. They're just as much part of it as I am. Um, if they just want to hear me sing, put on an album, stay wow. home, listen to a record, put wow. on the radio. Um, so, uh, I don't know, I'm gonna, I did do one concert where there was streaming, uh, here in Prague, they, there's a festival called Mladi Ladi Jazz, which is a great festival, mm. um, but is it like, uh, like, it's still your, that's the only thing you do, I mean, you still live from music, um, well, right now, I'm living, I mean, apart, apart from right now, but no, I mean, apart like from right now, that's what I do, yeah. I live from music, or I do what they call moderating here, which is like an MC uh, uh, hosting when there are events. Uh-huh. This I really love. 
Because um, you can talk. Yeah, I, as know, I, I know you have not said, you've said like five words on, on this whole podcast. I'm sorry, people, but I'm really chitty chatty. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God I'm a singer because people pay to listen to me talk only yeah. in a melody. <laughs> but but you, you, you're still able, even you kind of, you, you left the more pressured, environment of being in a band you, yeah you, i you, still, still do this is what i do yeah. i'm still i'm still first and foremost i'm a singer um but because i like to talk i did do as i said i did that show a couple of years ago uh it's called drive it's still going actually uh but i left a year ago so i could do star dance only to be voted off immediately in, in the second ep no the third i got i did three episodes and finally the third episode when i was good that's when i got voted off but actually it was okay less work Still paid. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> um, I like doing things where I talk, evidently. Yeah. Um, but I mainly, yeah, I mainly live from singing. Right now, I'm working on a book. Uh huh. What's uh, that about? Um, the book is about my life and work here. It's for. It's more of a photo book, and it came from the idea when I was doing making some new publicity photos. Uh, earlier this year, before I realized I wouldn't be working <laughs> and making new photos, and had this, and I and I sat down with my manager, and I was like, "Yeah, yesterday was my anniversary. I'm here 25 years. What? Okay, that's the theme of our new. So she sat me down with people. She sat me down, and, and we and we got together and we made a list of people that are friends or that I've worked with or had some sort of influence or whatever in my life. In here, I couldn't get everybody, but the people that did. They showed up, and we did this thing, 2550, you know. Oh, that's So cool. I wanted to make a book from it, which I am doing right now. And it's uh, mainly a picture book, but it's going to be a lot about, there's, uh, it's going to be that shared experience again. Part of the book is I ask people, hey, do you have any photos or like some crazy story, some memory? Please, if you're interested, I would love to have it as part of my book because I remember something one way, but somebody else is going to remember it a different way. And already, and just stuff that I, I've gotten back, uh, there's a there's an actor, singer here. His, his name is Andre Berzabohati. And Andra is a friend for many years. He's like a brother. And his memory of our first meeting is completely different than mine. He remembers me from seeing me first on the stage, and I must have like smiled or said something to him from the stage. I remember something completely different. I don't. I have no recollection of that meeting, mm -hmm. but I do remember the first time that uh, he was introduced to me. So it's like so. I, I so just it's a recollection of, of, of this. Of that's, the, a, that's a cool cool and, concept. And and the idea that other people are gonna have their say. Yeah. You know, and and as I'm doing the book and I'm going through these memories of people, it's it's really fun. Yeah. I'm having a laugh or sometimes I'm crying because it's so touching. I'm like, oh yeah. my God, I can't believe people, wow, people really think these nice things about me. I mean, I don't know what people think about me. I try not to think about it. I, what I think about myself is hard enough. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so, so you're working on the book, uh, that DJ project. Yeah. Um, and uh, anything else kind of on the, on the horizon? Um, well, the first thing is I got to get the book done. Um, the first, at first I thought I was going to call it 2550, but then I decided that I'm going to call it Aurora. Mm -hmm. And Aurora is a, is a, is an abbreviation of Rozdavac Radostje. Mm. I am a spreader of joy. Uh -huh. 
Um, this is what I like to think of myself because it's like whatever I do, whatever work that I've done in my entire life, I've always tried to do something where I try to help people. Mm. Try to like, and if I see somebody who's feeling bad about themselves or about a situation or sad in any way, I always run there and try to cheer them up. It's mm. just what I do. And I think I do it probably so I don't focus on what's not okay with myself. But that moment when I can make somebody else smile, I feel so good. And that's it. That, 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 that one little smile. Mm. That one smile can just like make me feel like, I don't know, uh, uh, Maradona or Pablo Escobar. And by the way, Godspeed, uh, Maradona. I heard you left today. Yeah. So Godspeed on your way. But um, um, so... so um, I actually, I, w I wanted to talk to you about much more stuff. I mean, I had like... Uh, so then you can invite me back. Yeah, I think, I think because, <laughs> you know, you... you because I can talk, huh? Yeah, there's like, uh, I, I see like two hours on the clock here now. And and, uh, <laughs> and it's funny because there was a headline on, 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 on the news the other day, like Kanye West came to Joe Rogan's podcast and spoke for three hours. And I'm like, fuck, if I keep, if I go into what I want to talk to, <laughs> With Tanya, then it would be like, uh, Tanya Graves came on Almar's podcast <laughs> and she spoke for four hours. So I think I will have to have you again because there's plenty of other stuff that I would like to talk yes, to you about. Yes, and I would love to come back again anytime. Yeah, um, and, uh, and I would like to talk to you about the U.S. and the situation. A yes. little bit about, you know, all this stuff that is going on there mm -hmm. and, and how, how, how you perceive it from here. But that, yeah, that's for later. Um, but um, so for you guys that um, are still listening... Yes, for all of my uh, kukling, kukling. Uh, kuklinger, yeah, my chickens. My my yes, my kuklinger. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I don't have only Iceland listeners, actually. Um, I, I have I have a global, I even have a listener in the Philippines. I'm very proud of that. Okay. Um, but those of you that have listened, that it's been great to have you. Check out Tonya Graves. Uh, you can go to YouTube and you can see a lot of her music. Um, and it's really, really cool stuff. Um, very diverse, a lot of different styles, and kind of interesting how 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 you have a you're never the same. It's <laughs> never it's never the same. Yeah. Um, it's it's uh, maybe where can people see more of you? You have Instagram. Well, I have Instagram and Facebook. Uh, if you look on Facebook, there's the Tonya Graves official page where I like to post things uh, from concerts uh, or just general stuff. And on Instagram, you can find me as Bohemia. Songbird yeah. or Bohemia, that like under, underdash, under, underdash, underdash Songbird, songbird. Yeah. Um, and there I like to put uh, stuff as well, and you can find out what's going on with me day to day. Yeah, and I think that uh, I think I'll have to come back after Christmas. Yeah, and you'll have to teach me a new Icelandic word. Yeah, that, that's no problem. There's plenty <laughs> of those, but. Uh, yeah, so guys, thanks really for listening. You can follow the show. Uh, I have a Facebook page called The Bunker. How the hell did we end up here? Um, you can listen to this. Obviously, you are listening now, but <laughs> you can listen to this on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, and Podbean. And please follow the show so that you never miss an episode. Um, if you know any cool people that you think I should talk to and live in Prague, because I like to do this in person, let me know. Um, I don't care what they do. I just... I'm sure I can dig out something interesting about them. Um, my Instagram is Midlife Crisis Warrior, and I think I have a Instagram page. Yeah, the Instagram page of the show is The Bunker Prague. The Bunker and Prague. then I have t 
Twitter, uh, Midlife Crisis Warrior. And uh, yeah, I think that's thanks to the sponsors. They're amazing. Um, they don't pay me anything, but I get a <laughs> cup of coffee and, and stuff like that. Uh, it's just the first time I record without my dog being here, so there shouldn't be oh. any heavy breathing. Um, oh, I don't know. Maybe mine. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, this is this has been a tale of the tooth. I mean, th this. I mean <laughs> yes, the tale of the tooth. Yeah, but it's interesting, Tanya, that you go from a poor family on the countryside New York to mm. to to being a superstar in Prague. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a really really interesting story. And thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. I'm very happy to be here. See you. Bye bye. Bye.